With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to Talking Football with Ray. And believe it or not, my name is Ray. And I'm going to be the one talking football with you. Before we cut to the show, you need to remember that we are talking about a kid's game that's played by grown men. So sit back, relax, don't take yourself too serious, and let's have a little bit of fun in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Zero. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Talking Football with Ray. My name is Ray. I'll be the one talking football with you on this Tuesday, January the 18th, 2022. I don't know where you are today, but I got like 40 feet of snow sitting outside my house, and it's awful. It's awful. Welcome to Talking Football with Ray. Two hours of unfiltered football talking shenanigans. Guys, tonight we're going to have a couple of different guests on. We got uh, we got another enemy coming in, another Buffalo boy. Mr. Jay Spence is going to be joining us over from Buffalo Rumblings. And we got Lawrence Owen from the Coleslaw Podcast also joining us. Talking Football with Ray, of course, is a member of the Dean Blundell Podcast Network. Go over and find out everything going on over at Dean Blundell at deanblundell.com. You can also find my NFL blogs over there, plus the podcast. Find my content on the Newsbreak app, covering all the stories for the NFL. Make sure you give me a little uh, follow on Twitter, at DPN underscore Ray. Follow the business account, at Talking with Ray. It's run by me and uh, producer Mike N. Follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash DPN Sports. Become a Patreon member, patreon.com slash DPN Sports. It's only five bucks a month, guys. Perks of joining the Patreon. Well, tomorrow, no guests at 710, which means you're invited to come on and have a chat. Of course, the Friday show is just a Patreon hangout. We had like 10 guys last week always just chatting about football. And you're guaranteed to have your questions and comments answered during the live stream on YouTube. Make sure you get the audio podcast over at Spotify and Apple Podcast. All the links are in the description of this video on the podcast. And guys... I never used to do this, but I've been told I should be doing this. Smash that like button. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure that, uh, yeah, you do all that kind of good stuff. New merch dropping on Monday, as you all know. What a day. What a week. Patriots Nation, because I know 90% of y'all are Patriots Nation. I hope that you are finally over that embarrassing rotten devastating loss on saturday night remember what kev told us last night miami dolphins fan right so we all know long suffering it's all about the draft it's all about the combine getting engrossed in it because the east don't run through new england anymore Kind of sucks, don't it? But let's talk about a little bit of owning and ownage, shall we? I love when this kind of shit happens. Former Brown, offensive lineman, Joe Thomas, we all know who he is, right? Told the Steelers, congratulations on your playoff participation trophy. Did you ever get one of those? Oh. Listen, guys. Now, I talk a lot of shit about football players, fully knowing I have no right to do so. 
I haven't been athletic in 15 years. I barely walk up the stairs without being winded. I totally get that. I used to be athletic, though. I used to play football at a high level. And here's what I'm going to say to you. If you've never been to the playoffs before, what are you doing talking shit about a team being knocked out of the playoffs? And when I first saw that, I was like, there's no way Joe Thomas never went to the playoffs. But he didn't. He didn't. How low can you get if you're a Brown? Well, let me tell you. The only thing worse about being a Cleveland Brown and not going to the playoffs is being a Cleveland Brown, stripping butt-ass naked, attacking a cop, and being publicly arrested naked. And I ain't making that shit up. Now, I don't know what exactly happened here i've been trying to find the details so i'm 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 going to hold back before i really cast judgment because i have to assume there's some mental health issues at work here but you're an nfl player and you're getting arrested naked. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. You know, when the whole Richard Sherman thing went down this summer, I was like, let's all pump the brakes. People with that are in the right frame of mind don't do this type of shit. So I know I'm, I'm being a little dickish about it but what the fuck every day i wake up and i wonder what is the nfl going to give me today and i mean this and i have said this for years the nfl's off-field product is so much better than the on-field product the soap opera of the lives of nfl players is phenomenal i mean look at the antonio brown situation i mean we milked that thing right like that we 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 milked that thing so far. There was nothing left in that cow. Knowing full well that in the next few weeks, AB is going to do or say something that's going to reopen it all up again. Being an NFL content creator is the easiest thing in the world. I don't care what anybody says. You write a blog that Josh Allen's really good and the Bills own the division. You come on here and make fun of Antonio Brown and... You're done. Your day's finished. It's over. I, I'm probably downplaying that a little bit, especially when I got guests like uh, Jay Spence and Coltslaw who come in here and work their asses off on a daily basis. And I come here and write a couple blogs and make a couple videos and host a two hour podcast that's got no rhyme or reason to it. I'm probably not the one to talk shit about how easy it is to cover the NFL, but. I mean, you're covering a sport you love with an off-field product that's just fucking phenomenal. I didn't remember what this was, to be honest with you, and I couldn't see it in the corner, and I was like, what the fuck did I... So, when I posted this, I didn't even take any consideration that it was NFL rumor, but the Athletics saying that the Denver Broncos, the Carolina Panthers, the Pittsburgh Steelers are the most likely trade partner for Minnesota Viking Cousins, uh, Kirk Cousins this offseason. And a couple of things came to mind for me. 
I was like, so basically any team that needs a quarterback, Kirk Cousins could be, you know, a possible trade candidate. Number two, I didn't even know that Minnesota was trading Kirk Cousins. I guess it kind of makes sense. Got rid of the, you know, everybody cleared out the office, cleared out the coaching staff. I've said it a million times. Kirk Cousins takes so much heat. Because sometimes, and I say this to you guys all the time, don't put expectations on somebody that's not deserving. All y'all Patriot fans did that with Mac Jones all season. Oh, he's the next Tom Brady. He's going to be the first rookie to ever win a Super Bowl. What the, like, come on. No, you know what happened? He played in his first playoff game. He got blown up by 40 points through two interceptions. Because that's what happens. As you can tell, I did no planning for my little monologue tonight. I decided just to come out here and wing it. I uploaded those tweets and didn't even bother to do an ounce of research behind it. Because I got Jay Spence and I got Lawrence Owen coming on tonight. Two guys who know their football. Two guys who are super smart. So I did a little bit of prep for them. I know. I know you guys are surprised. I did prep. Me? I did it. I wrote questions down. Like, I'm really proud of myself. I even messaged Jay Spence today and said, do you have a slug you want me to introduce you in? He didn't really, which didn't help, which meant I had to come up with one myself. But when you bring on the big dogs, you got to act like you belong there. So that's what we're going to do. And my boy is in the waiting room. We're going to bring him on. We're going to chat some Buffalo Bills. I'm going to let him talk about the Patriots. I'm going to let him talk about the Chiefs game. And then uh, I'm going to let him take a run at you guys, all the Patriots fans. I am. I'm going to give him the opportunity to put us in our place because there is no fan base that deserves to flex on the Patriots more than the Buffalo Bills. And I, I mean that with the bottom of my heart. But first, as you all know, Got to pay the bills. Let's take 30 seconds. Hear about my sponsors over at Ultra Game. Again, where you can gear up with your fully licensed NFL and NBA gear. Don't buy that knockoff shit, guy. Get your licensed NFL and NBA gear over at Ultra Game. Hey, Talking Football with Ray is brought to you by my partners over at Ultra Game. Guys, gear yourself up with NFL and NBA gear from my friends over at Ultra Game. They're one of the largest distributors of licensed NFL apparel in the U.S. Listen, you know when you're grabbing your gear, you want it to be licensed. None of that knockoff junk. It doesn't matter who you cheer for. They have something for everybody. So go gear yourself up today with Ultra Game. I've left that link in the description. You know, <clears throat> saying knockoff junk was probably the most PG thing I've ever said in my life on this show. But Ultra Game was like, hey. I know you swear like crazy during your podcast. Could you not for the ad spot? I was like, all right. So what did I do? I lied down on my kitchen table and did the ad spot. That's just how much I don't give a shit, guys. I talk about football. Get over it. All right. Don't forget, smash that like button. Hit subscribe. We're live here Monday through Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern time, two hours of unfiltered football talk and shenanigans. As a part of the Dean Blundell Network, I'm going to bring in our guest now. His name is Jay Spence. He's from Buffalo Rumblings. He's the host of the Code of Conduct show. You can follow him on Twitter at JSpenceTheKing. He does not think highly of himself, just so you know. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Jay Spence. I don't know. I might have a little bit of vanity there. Maybe a little bit of vanity there. 
<laughs> Welcome to the show, man. I appreciate you being here. What's up, man? I appreciate you inviting me, man. This is this is gonna be fun. All right, so listen, I'm sure you weren't shocked that the Bills beat the Patriots and won on Saturday. I mean, I did a little thing with you Saturday morning. I think every single one of us said Bills are gonna win. Uh right. if if they didn't, they were lying to themselves. Uh, nobody should have been shocked by that. However, were you shocked that the Bills blew up the Patriots by 40 points? Um, the, the, the actual score. Yes. I don't know if you remember. So in the, in the spaces that we did together Saturday morning, it was a bunch of people in there talking like, Oh, it's going to be close. It's going to be this. It's going to be that. And at the very end of it, I'm like, look, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to talk crap. I'm not trying to like sound too arrogant. I said, but the thing is the Buffalo bills is a better, like we're a better team top to bottom. Um, you guys did have the second ranked defense. So I give you the respect there, but, but no, I mean, we had the first ranked defense. We have Josh Allen who, at this point, I feel like everybody should know that this guy is an animal. Like, he's just a beast. So, you know, no, I, I wasn't shocked. I predicted it was going to be 31 to 17. It turned out to be 47 to 17. But, you know, I, I thought it was going to be a dominating performance. So, just so you know, I'm in a group chat with a bunch of New England Patriot fans, and we all conceded the game after the second touchdown. Just so you know, like, oh, know. the game was over in the first quarter for us. As soon as... <laughs> I had one friend who's a Patriots fan who texted me after the Hyde interception and just said game over to me. Like he conceded yeah. it when it was seven, nothing. So I think a lot of us just knew the direction that game was going. Uh, listen, Josh Allen had a perfect game Saturday night, five touchdowns, no interceptions. I think he had like a one fifty seven point six QBR, which mm -hmm. I didn't understand. Like why not give him the one fifty eight? But anyways, just give, it to him. just give it to him. Just he deserved it. Uh, 330 yards in the air, 60 over 60 on the ground. Uh, listen, I, I'm going to ask you a straight up question. How worried should the rest of the AFC East be that they have to face Allen for the next 10 to 12 years? As it as it is currently constructed, the AFC East should be very worried. Um, I, I, I do think Mac Jones is going to grow. I think he's going to be better than what we just saw Saturday. But I don't think Mac Jones is the type of quarterback that that you need in this division to compete with Josh Allen. I don't think that the New Jersey Jets have anybody that's worthy to compete with Josh Allen and to a damn sure ain't worthy enough to compete with Josh Allen. So the thing is, and again, not to, to, you know, throw, I don't, I don't want to kick you guys while you're down. I understand what it's like, but uh, right now, honestly, for the foreseeable future, you should be worried. Um, look, we split this season, but it doesn't, it, it doesn't matter that we split games. Like the, the feeling that you guys have right now, you know, it, it's a low, it's a low space. And until you, until you really can look, your defense is the second ranked defense in the league. And this is what Josh Allen has done to you when the weather was fine. Now I understand you beat us um, in Buffalo in December. Again, it took, it took crazy weather um, to where the, the strength of the team just wasn't going to work. We weren't able to throw it. You guys have a good run game. At the time, our offensive line was pretty beat up. We couldn't figure out the run. So all we had was Josh. Like we, you know, we we love to have Josh. We weren't able to use his arm. So it's going to take weather miracles. It's going to take hurricanes and tornadoes for you guys to compete with Josh Allen unless you figure this thing out. And I think Mac is going to grow. But as far as as far as the the rest of the AFC, no, I, I'm I'm very confident going forward saying that that the the division is going through Buffalo. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we are here with Jay Spence of Buffalo Rumblings and the host of the Code of Conduct show here on Talking Football with Ray. Uh, Josh Allen can get it done with his legs. He can get it done with his arms. On Saturday and even yesterday, I decided to get hot. I decided to get bold. And I decided to say that Josh Allen is the best dual threat quarterback with his arms and his leg since Michael Vick. Now, being somebody who covers Buffalo and watches Allen every week, would you agree with my statement? 
am I just being a prisoner of the moment? And I do want to point out, because I have to flex this, because I haven't been able to flex with you. Three years ago, I was on an AFC East roundtable when Sam Darnold was the pretty boy of the AFC mm-hmm. East. And I told everybody at that roundtable that Josh Allen was going to be the best quarterback in the division once Tom Brady left. And even Buffalo fans laughed at me when I said that. So I like to flex this. So it's I'm not jumping on the Josh Allen bandwagon because he beat the Patriots by you know a trillion points on Saturday. I watched him play and said, I haven't been this scared of a quarterback since Michael Vick. But you can tell me I'm crazy. You watch him. You know him. Let me no, know your opinion. Um, see, the tough thing when when I get asked questions like this, the tough thing is not try. You know, I try my hardest to not sound super arrogant as a fan, uh, but the reality is, I think you're on point with with what you're saying. Except, I, I'm going to take it a step further. Michael Vick never had the arm talent that Josh Allen has. Um, no, Josh Allen isn't as elusive as a runner. But guess what? You don't have to be when you can literally run over a guy or jump over a guy. So Josh Allen has this insane ability that I don't think that we've ever really seen in a package for a quarterback. We may have seen it in a package for a team. You know, you got your running back that can do crazy stuff like that. Then you got your quarterback with that. We've never seen it in one player. Um, Lamar Jackson is the best runner as a quarterback in the league. And I don't think that anybody is going to debate that, but Josh Allen is, is not a very distant number two. He's, he's very close to, to what Lamar Jackson is on the ground. But then when you look at the arm talent of, of Patrick Mahomes, or you look at the arm talent of Aaron Rodgers. You have a guy that's in the conversation with that now. His his decision making, he's starting to clear that up. That to me, that was the only you know downfall of Josh Allen was that you know they would call him sugar high Josh, or they would call him you know like he's trying to play hero ball. Okay, now he's cleaning that up a lot. He's not he's not making those those passes where it's like there's no chances, but he's just trying to make something happen out of nothing. Now he's figuring out, okay, I'll throw this one away and live for, for second down. So that, or third down. So that way I can go ahead and destroy you guys on that. You know, like he's, so he's, he's working through that and he's maturing through that. Uh, honest to God, man, I, I, I'm trying to not be a, a prisoner of the moment. No, fuck it. Do it, man. Do it, do it. But well, I'm just saying that I, I, honest to God, I, I made this statement in Buffalo and a lot of people were coming at me. I feel like we have already seen a guy that's going when it's when it's all said and done, we're looking at the best quarterback in Buffalo Bills history. It may not have happened yet because the sample size isn't there. And you look at Jim Kelly and it's like, dude, you're crazy. He went to four Super Bowls. Yeah. But what I'm telling you is Jim Kelly didn't have the ability to throw the ball that Josh Allen has. He damn sure didn't have it to run. Jim Kelly had we know it. He had all of these Hall of Famers with him. Thurman Thomas, Bruce Smith on the other side. He had Andre Reid. He had Cornelius Bennett and all these studs. Josh Allen, we saw it his first two years when he was throwing for 58% completion percentage. We still saw him running people over. We saw him every once in a while making certain throws that it's like, holy smokes, if that kid can figure out how to make those throws consistently, he's going to be an MVP at some point. And then last year, he surprises everybody. He's the runner-up for MVP. This year, he comes out and does the same exact thing with a couple more interceptions, but he runs more. I'm telling you, you're looking at the best quarterback in Buffalo Bills history, and we just need a bigger sample size for me to be able to say it and not have people talk crazy to me. But I promise you that take is going to last. I promise you. I, look, I don't disagree with you. And you know, being a Patriots fan, I have to be very careful how I word this because I know the argument that comes back all the time. But you can't take the accomplishments of a quarterback and declare them the best in franchise history or the best ever based on going to four Super Bowls, right? I mean, right. if that were the case, nobody in the world should ever question Tom Brady. You know what I mean? When you talk about the accomplishments of a quarterback, yet there's still the Aaron Rodgers debate. They still have some of these debates. Um, I got a question for you because this wasn't a part of my prep. However, we were just shooting DMs this morning. 
Are you from Buffalo originally, or are you from Arizona? And how the hell does an Arizona guy become a Bills fan? That just oh, no. I'm born and raised in Buffalo. My entire okay. life I've been in Buffalo. Um, it just got to the point where a couple years ago we had this winter that was like way worse than any winter I've ever like experienced. This? Like this? It was worse than that. It was worse. Okay. And and what I'm telling you is my back, my knees, all that stuff. I was like, yeah, nope, I'm not going to do it. Just like you were talking at the top of this about how, um, you know, you haven't been athletic in some time and you haven't done whatever. I'm in the same boat as you. So when it gets to the point where I have to shovel uh, three feet of snow on a regular basis, that it's time for me to go. So, yeah, I moved out to Phoenix about two years ago and I'm, I'm never looking back. All right, so I'm from the Toronto area. We get very similar weather to Buffalo. Get that lake yeah. effect snow. I shoveled three times yesterday, so screw you in Arizona. Okay, let me get into this. Uh, <laughs> let me get in. I, I got. I'm running out of time with you, and I got. I got some more questions I want to ask you. So listen, Wild Card Weekend was a bit of a dud, um, unless you were like you watching your team just blow out your opponent. The only game that was really compelling was Dallas versus San Francisco. Uh, divisional weekend looks way better, and I'm going to say NFL fans are going to be treated to Kansas City versus Buffalo. Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, two best quarterbacks in the AFC, arguably the two best in the NFL. Some people will argue, but two of the best. Mm -hmm. Both are coming off five touchdown performances. Both quarterbacks just destroyed two teams whose defenses are clearly their identity and their two of the top defenses in the NFL. Strictly from the quarterback position, okay, because I know there's a whole lot that goes into a game. It's not just a quarterback league, but strictly from the quarterback position, who do you give the edge to, Mahomes or Allen in this game? Um, so I'm going to get yelled at by Buffalo fans right now, but I'm going to give it to Mahomes for, for the sake of experience. Um, he's won a Super Bowl. He's been to three straight AFC championships. I know Josh has been there last year, but the thing is we didn't win. We didn't beat him. So, um, he, he has the upper edge right now. He has that mental, um, just the mental edge. Now we beat him week five, but you know, regular season is completely different than the end of, you know, than the playoffs. And and actually at that point, I believe when we beat them, they ended up being three and or two and three. And then they turned it around to end up getting the two seed. So it's like you can't you can't look at what happened in week five and feel like we're about to face the same team. They got Chris Jones back. They got Ingram there. Uh, but as far as the quarterback place only, uh, I, I have to give the slight edge right now uh, to Patrick Mahomes. Josh Allen said it himself in an interview, um, you know, in order to be the man, you got to be the man. And right now in the AFC, Patrick Mahomes is the man. I just love that we're in 2022 and young kids are still quoting Ric Flair. It's absolutely amazing. Guys, Woo! welcome to <laughs> Talking yeah. Football with Ray. We are here <laughs> with my man Jay Spence over from Buffalo Rumblings and is the host of the Code of Conduct show. Follow him on Twitter at Jay Spence, the king. Uh, listen, last year, as you already alluded to, the Chiefs and the Bills met AFC Championship game. The Chiefs had a pretty dominant win at Arrowhead Stadium. However, Buffalo seems to be the much more well-rounded team this season, even with Kansas City coming on, like you said. Um, and even though they hit some rough patches, I think that's just the ebbs and flows of an NFL season. It happens. Uh, they look like the better team. Who does? Uh, what does Buffalo do defensively that could frustrate Kansas City in this game? How do you slow down that Patrick Mahomes-led offense? And, how, and we've seen it. When they get frustrated, things can fall apart. So how do you frustrate that Kansas City offense? Well, uh, the team that your GOAT plays on now showed us last year in the Super Bowl uh, that just getting a, a good pressure, a good amount of pressure on Patrick Mahomes is is really what kind of disrupts the offensive flow. And, you know, again, in week five, we did that very well. We drafted Greg Rousseau. He got an interception right on the line. Uh, Boogie Basham played pretty well. Jerry Hughes. So basically the same thing that you saw uh, you saw us do against Mac Jones is what we're going to have to do against Patrick Mahomes. We have to get pressure. We have to force him to make throws that he's uncomfortable making. We have to um, 
you know, but the thing is, he's still Patrick Mahomes. So the thing that you that we love about Josh Allen and Buffalo is the thing that that Kansas City Chiefs fans love about Patrick Mahomes. He can get outside the pocket and he can do things that um, there aren't many quarterbacks in the league that can do. You know, I, I feel like maybe outside of Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, you're looking at what three other quarterbacks that can kind of perform that way. Um, and that's maybe a stretch. That's maybe a stretch. So the thing is, you know, we're going to have to really we're going to have to be very, very strong in our defensive assignments. We can't um, can't take chances in this game. We have to we have to make sure we tackle well. We have to make sure, um, you know, we're filling our lanes, doing everything that we're supposed to do. But I'm confident. I think the Bills will win. I do. All right, viewers, get your thumbs ready, because I know when my man is done here, you guys are going to be going insane. Listen. Even though I cover the entire NFL, my primary audience are Patriot fans because I started as a Patriots channel before people just started paying me a lot of money to cover the entire NFL. Um, so I'm going to give you the opportunity to talk some ish to Pat's Nation. Uh, we were having a discussion the other day around Brian Flores being fired from Miami, and I received yeah. a lot of comments from Patriot fans that basically said, you know, the Dolphins are stupid. Flores had Belichick's number. Why would you get rid of a guy who knows how to take down the Patriots? And then it kind of finally occurred to me that a lot of Patriot fans still think that the division runs through New England. So if there is any fan base that deserves to pump their chest, and I said this at the beginning, at the Patriots, it's the Bills Mafia. I mean, you're the one team that through the Tom Brady era, we put you through hell. Miami got the best of us sometimes. The Jets got the best of us. The Bills, what, two wins in the Brady era? You know, one with, with Ryan Fitzmagic. I want to give you the floor as somebody who covers and cheers for the Buffalo Bills. Bills native, Buffalo native, who pushed out and went down to Arizona. But it's okay. I'll keep doing the weather down <laughs> here. Uh, I'm going to give you the opportunity to tell Patriot fans why the division runs through Buffalo. Well, for starters, just... For starters, before I tell you why it runs through Buffalo, let me just tell you, wake the hell up. Like, wake up right now. It's no longer going through New England. It's no longer. There's a reason why, and it's not just because our fan base is awesome, but there's a reason why there's a sign outside of your stadium that lets you know back-to-back best fan base. But it really should change and say back-to-back division champions because that's what happened. You no longer have that right to, to act like you're the big bad wolves. Yeah, you got your six. I said it on my show a couple of weeks ago. You got your six banners. Be happy about them. I'm a Lakers fan. I'm happy about all of our championships. And But guess what? We didn't win last year. We're not winning this year. You're not winning this year. You're at home drinking your Boston Lager or whatever it is that you guys drink out there in your tea. Go ahead and do it. The Buffalo Bills are now the big boys on the block. And I'm sorry. I love, I, I love to... You know, I, lo- I love to talk to y'all on Twitter and how y'all talk, y'all mess and everything like that. But I'm going to just tell you now at this point, it's just going to be mutes. I'm just muting. I'm not even going to listen to you because now your opinion doesn't even matter. Your opi- you're no longer in the position to, to really have you just you just don't have the right. Let me put it like that. You don't have the right to talk mess about Josh Allen and these Buffalo Bills. And I'm going to leave it there. I'm not even going to go too much deeper. I'm going to be nice. That's not, that was nice to you. No, it's fine. Well, because we connected because of an article I wrote. And I tell people all the time, I work for Dean Blundell now, uh, a Toronto-based website. I live in Buffalo Bills country. And sometimes I feel like I've sold my soul. You know, when I wrote that, I think I think we, we got connected because I wrote that article about, you know, Buffalo Bills fans deserve Josh Allen. Like, you deserve it. And I, I wrote an article today called the east runs through the bills and i think there's patriot fans who are muting me now because they're just like ray what the fuck happened to you but i'm like i gotta be the i have to be an objective blogger no i got invited to the bills bandwagon the other night and i told the guy to fuck off so don't go there with me all right (laughs) shout out rico but it ain't ever happening 
ain't ever happening. Uh, plus, I got to deal with all you guys around here. You know what I mean? I got to I got to deal with yeah. these. And I'll I'll tell you something in Toronto. I, I, you might know me from Buffalo. Toronto's a very big bandwagon city. Like mm-hmm. Raptor games are half sold out until Kawhi shows up. Then you, you can't get a ticket for less than five hundred. Uh, the Blue Jays, yep. you can get a ticket for two bucks until they make the playoffs, and you're paying three hundred bucks to sit, you know, at, at the CN Tower to look down. Um, the Buffalo Bill fans have come out of the woodwork the last year, like the woodworks, like all these guys who I didn't even know watch football are suddenly running around with Josh Allen jerseys. So it's okay. I, I'm now deep in enemy territory, uh, but we got two minutes left with you. So, uh, Mikey, if there's anything appropriate, if you want to drop maybe a couple questions or, or comments, I'm going to pop this one up because I just want to, um, so what do you do when you see these kind of comments that say Mac Jones, then the stupid arrow? And I'm getting old with this social media shit, but, you know, the, the, the arrow and then Josh Allen. Does that irritate you? Does that just make you laugh? How do you how do you feel about that? No, that's one of the ones that like now I would mute. Yeah, I just wouldn't even respond. It's just like, OK, this guy doesn't even watch football. He, he just you know, he just talk. He talks to the guys at the barbershop. That's what that means. Uh, Mike Larry says Belichick isn't motivating guys anymore. Uh, four flat games to end the season, no fight, and all this happened in a down year, and we still couldn't take advantage. So here's what I here's where my frustration comes out as a guy who covers the Patriots. I'm like, we're in the first year of a rebuild this year. Like, I need everybody to understand that. I understand that they spent a lot of money. Like, I get that. Yeah. I understand they spent a lot of money. There are still gaping holes on that team. The middle linebacking position, gaping holes. Don't the, the cachet of Hightower's name is not the player Hightower anymore. The name means more than, than the effectiveness of the player. The secondary is beat up. Uh, there's no wide receiver one. Uh, the offensive coordinator apparently doesn't know how to get Johnu Smith involved in the game. So I think there's a lot of stuff. But what do you say when you see that, that the Belichick can't motivate players? What did you see on the first year of a rebuild after a terrible tear down, you know, a tear down last year, spend a ton of money. We've seen a thousand times that spending a ton of money doesn't necessarily even get you in the playoffs. You know what yeah. I mean? So, What's your thoughts on a comment like this? Well, now taking off my Bills hat and, and just putting that down to the side. The thing is, like, look, you guys got to understand, like, like you were saying, it's it was your first year in the rebuild. You had a rookie quarterback take you to the playoffs. So, like, all, all jokes aside, you should be proud of the year you had. I know that you're used to, and this is the only problem I really have with with Patriots fans is that you're spoiled. You know, you've had Tom Brady for all these years. You got six championships, and you got all this. You've been in a conference championship every year, basically. You got to understand, like, this is how football actually happens for cities. So, yeah, you got a rookie. You made the playoffs. Guess what? Now, next year, you might make it to the next round. And then, you know, it, it takes time to, to build up those experiences and get where you want to go. So, you know, I think you should all be encouraged about the team that you have. And this last one here about getting the Super Bowl before, you know, we're so nasty. Whatever. Talk to me. If you beat, if you win a Super Bowl before we do, I'll, I'll take that comment. Because now I- it's Tom Brady's not there. Mikey, I know you're trying to get your comment in, but I'm going to jump you because I like this question. And then we got to let we got to let Jay go because we got to bring in uh, Lawrence Owen. But uh, Big MGM says, as a Buffalo fan, does it make you mad when people compare Allen to other players? To me, he seems like a one of a you know kind of one of one on one one of one talent, uh, but the media constantly compares him to other quarterbacks. And I think the Lamar Jackson and Allen comparison all the time, which drives, I hate that argument, but when you hear these comparisons, these arguments, what is your thought process around that? 
It doesn't make me mad. It's one of those things where, um, A, I feel like depending on who the comparison is, I feel like it's finally validating. Um, so for so long in Buffalo, we we always felt like we don't get respect. And it's like, well, they don't see us. So the fact that sometimes they're comparing Josh Allen to Brett Favre or they're comparing him to Dante Culpepper or like guys that I considered great quarterbacks when I was growing up. Yeah, to me, that's a sign of respect. But um, look, I, I'm just... It, I agree with you. He's a one of one. I don't think that we've ever seen a player with with his skill set, uh, with his arm and his legs. He's he's absolutely he's absolutely uh, a one on one. And and I'm I'm just amped as a Bills fan to to have him for the foreseeable future. We got him locked in for eight years. So, you know, good luck, ladies and gentlemen. That was Jay Spence over from Buffalo Rumblings. You write for Buffalo Rumblings? Is that what you do for them? You write for them? Yeah, right. And the, the pod. And the yeah. pod. Uh, so you can find his writings and his podcast, The Code of Conduct Show, over at Buffalo Rumblings. Follow him at his very humble Twitter account, Jay Spence the King. Uh, I appreciate you coming on. I had a blast. Thanks for having me on next last weekend. I definitely want to get you back at some point, maybe after the Super Bowl. Maybe you can come in and flex a little bit more because then, you, then you'll be having a Super Bowl conversation with everybody saying win one first. Um, good luck on sa- uh, Sunday. I think it's the headliner, which it should be because it probably should have been the AFC Championship game in my head. but. Yeah, I, this probably is the game, but we'll see. Tennessee, it's going to be a tough game. Uh, appreciate you coming on, man. I hope you'll come back. Thank you so much for joining the show today. Yeah, man, thank you. And I just want to say to everybody, again, with the jokes being to the side, you know, you guys had a great season. Uh, like, really, go into this offseason encouraged. Feel like you're going to do something because you guys got you got the all-time GOAT for the coach. You got him. So, good luck. Thanks, buddy. Take care. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Jay Spence from Buffalo Romans. Make sure you go check him out. Great guy. We got connected on Twitter and uh, absolutely amazing person. I was on with him on Saturday. Had a lot of fun. But guess who's coming up Tuesday night? We're late, but we're going to get him on. Lawrence Owen. See, I was too nice about the Buffalo Bills. My throat is all whacked out now. Uh, We're going to have Lawrence Owen coming in. Here from my sponsors over at Newsbreak. On the way back, we'll bring back Lawrence. Over 1 billion users have downloaded the free Newsbreak app, getting access to all of their local news and content provided by Newsbreak. However, not only is Newsbreak a sponsor of my channel, they're also my bosses. I have been marked as a top contributor for Newsbreak, covering the entire NFL. So what are you waiting for? Download the... Newsbreak app from the link that I've left in the description, and it directly supports my channel. If you want transparency, I'll give you transparency. Every time somebody downloads the Newsbreak app from the link, it directly puts money in my pocket. So download the app, get unlimited free access to all of your local news and all of my NFL content for free while also supporting the channel. It's a win-win for everybody, so please take 30 seconds and download the Newsbreak app from the link that I've left in the description. Then we're back live. Don't forget, smash that like button. Tell YouTube to show other people that they should watch this show. Make sure you subscribe. Don't miss an episode of Talking Football with Ray. We're live Monday through Friday at 7 p.m. till 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's two hours of unfiltered football talk and shenanigans. Talking Football with Ray is a member of the Dean Blundell Network. Find all our blogs and podcasts over at DeanBlundell.com. All right, our guest tonight is Lawrence Owen of the Lawrence Owen YouTube channel, the Colts Law Podcast, and the Believe in Colts Podcast with Dequell Jackson. Follow him on Twitter at Colts Law underscore Law. Ladies and gentlemen, our Tuesday night guest, Mr. Lawrence Owen. Lawrence, welcome to the show. What's going on? That was a good guest previously, man. He's good, eh? He. Mm-hmm. I wrote an article a little while ago about Josh Allen, and he just 
messaged me and said, I like it. You know, I like the article, great article, dude. And I, I looked him up and we had a couple exchanges pri- publicly, like, you know, on Twitter. And then, uh, threw out an invite for him to come talk about this game prior to the game. And he invited me Saturday morning to go on his Twitter space and uh, hung out with him and the Pat's pulpit guys and uh, had a good time. So it's all, it's all guy. Jay Spence, the King, very humble guy. <laughs> yeah, I, he, he seemed to be a, uh, I don't know, respectable, you know, he wasn't, you know, too, too on, you know, his own stuff but trying to also give a little bit of respect out where it's due as well so uh, that I, I have to respect people like that yeah as little as i thought he was going to come in and just rip you know what i mean especially that last question that gave me the opportunity like dude 20 years of this just let us have it but uh mario will be on with us tomorrow so he'll probably allow us i'm gonna yeah. ask him the exact same question tomorrow and just allow him to to go off uh listen say it with your all- chest say it with your chest <laughs> Listen, we all knew that the Los Angeles Rams were a good team. Uh, mm-hmm. But it appeared last night on paper that the Arizona Cardinals were a good team too, right? Uh, Monday night's 34-11 to 11 thrashing, I want to say surprised me. Kyler Murray, 19 for 34, 137 yards, zero touchdowns, Lawrence, and two interceptions. Uh, Murray ran for six yards also last night, which was even more shocking total. Uh, The Rams' defense was suffocating. Von Miller had a game last night. I know Aaron Donald did too, but Von Miller had a game last night. Um, There's a lot to unpack and analyze, so I'm just going to put out there what went right for the Rams and what went wrong for the Cardinals. I just want to put it out that in my my predictions, I I had the Rams beating the heck out of them. Uh, One, the Cardinals ain't been the same, obviously, without Hopkins. You know, uh, that's his oh crap guy that Murray has, right? When 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 he's he's in a bad situation, he just throws it up, and he knows Hopkins has a not a 50-50 chance to bring it down. He's usually got like an 80-20 chance to bring it down because it's freaking Hopkins. But the Rams, like you said, you talked about their defense, and that's the thing. Kyler Murray is, you know, uh, one of those handful of quarterbacks that aren't exactly very tall. Right. So if he gets guys in his face, especially up the middle, he's got to he's got to skedaddle. He's got to get out of that pocket and make something happen. And that's a problem, especially against the Rams, when you've got guys like Aaron Donald who can get up the middle and and get pressure right in his face and he has to take off. So, you know, I, I, I honestly expected the Cardinals to lose this game. I said two scores. I didn't expect it to be, you know, three plus, but. You know, it is what it is. I uh, I fully expected the Rams to win that game, though. So anytime you have a blowout, there's going to be an overreaction. And there were a lot of people questioning Kyler Murray after last night. Um, first of all, as an offense, uh, they're so reliant, as you said, on DeAndre Hopkins. And that's got to be a huge concern for Arizona moving forward. Mm-hmm. However, outside of Hopkins' absence, the Cardinals' offensive line was completely overrun by the Rams' defense, and Kyler Murray crumbled under pressure. Mm-hmm. We didn't see that regular poise. Um, there were times, Lawrence, that to me, the moment looked too big. And I think most of us are able to realize you can't judge a guy's season or a career based on one game. However, uh, there were questions across all of the sports shows this morning, and they're wondering – if Kyler Murray, Kyle, yeah, Kyler Murray, Kyle, Kyler Murray is a franchise quarterback. So let me ask you, after all the nice things we've both said about Kyler Murray over the last two seasons, um, if you were an Arizona Cardinals fan, would you trust Kyler Murray to lead the Cardinals? Yes. I mean, 
Okay, so he, he did have a bad game. He's he's had a pretty bad last month or so, to be fair. But at the same time, two years ago, he did not have Hopkins. He was relying on guys like Kirk and, and um, oh, what's his name that retired uh, this past Larry year. Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald, yeah. Um, he, he had, he was relying on guys and he was doing very, very well, you know, and then he got Hopkins and we've talked about this in, 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 in prior, uh, over the years, you know, Hopkins is just so good that quarterbacks tend to rely on him too much and get used to it and get comfortable with him being there, you know, as that safety blanket receiver, that go-to guy, Murray's going to be fine. I think that uh, the Cardinals just need to invest a little bit more beef up in the middle rather than worrying about, you know, on the outside uh, protection wise, they they need to get a little bit stronger in the guard position. Uh, Because again, Murray is just a, he's a smaller guy, you know, and he cannot have that pressure in his face. Uh, You you go look at other smaller quarterbacks when they get pressure in their face, what, what happens? You know, things get blown up. Go look at Russell Wilson. You know, that's why he throws a fit year after year with Seattle, right? Because, you know, he's like, where's my offense? Where's that protection up the gut? You know, I need that. And that's the problem with Kyler. I, I, you get the right pieces around. It's just like anyone, you know, any quarterback, and you get the right pieces around them. You build around them properly and they will take you far. But Arizona was too worried about getting him weapons and not worried about getting him the right the right pieces of protection right in front of them, in my thought. So the divisional round matchups look really good. Uh, Rams, Bucks, Packers, 49ers, Bills, Chiefs, Titans, Bengals. Uh, and that's the game I want to focus on here for a second. Joe Burrow looked phenomenal down the stretch of the season. He shouldn't be the MVP, as people are trying to say, because you got to be phenomenal throughout the whole season. But if it was for the final quarter of the season, yeah, I think Joe Burrow would be right up there. Uh, there was no time during that Raiders game that I didn't think the Bengals were going to win. Like that, there was no time that I didn't think they weren't going to win. They were going to win that game 100% of the time. Uh, even with the the weird whistle, no whistle, touchdown controversy, I don't, you know, they were going to win. Uh, they have a loaded offense, but it's not just their passing game. People like to talk about Jamar per, uh, Jamar, Kerr, Jamar Chase and, you know, and, uh, and those kind of guys. However, Joe Mixon's one of the best running backs in the NFL. The Titans are coming off the bye. They're going to probably have a angry Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown, and Julio Jones. Mike Rabel, my opinion, one of the best coaches in the NFL. And their defense is no joke. And we talked about that the whole year. That's why they had the bye, because of their defense, right? We know that. Um, I saw an interesting stat today, though. Since the year 2000, the Titans have been the first seed three times, and they've lost in the divisional round three times as the first seed, which I know it means nothing in this game, but just – you know, I love history facts when we look at that kind of stuff. Uh, I'm really looking forward to this game. Most people are seeing the Titans as the favorites. I've been on record of saying that I thought the Titans were going to be the most dangerous team in the postseason, especially if they have Derrick Henry ask back. Easy question for you. Who wins? The Titans. The okay, why? Then the, the okay. Follow with why. <laughs> I'll follow it up with why. Okay. Well, I mean, you just gave me a yes-no question, basically. So, uh, but... Here's the thing, Mister Professional, Mister. I call basketball games. I do combines. I, I, I'm the Believe in Colts podcast. Okay, so 
here's the thing. I, I I do like Joe Burrow. I think, you know, with him and his weapons and his running game, this offense is very, very potent. You brought up something earlier, though, that is the key to this game, and that's Mike Rabel in this defense. All right. The one thing I think it can get an issue with, what he can do is going to be dictated on how much time he's got to throw that football. And we've talked about all year that the crutch of this team is that offensive line for the Bengals, right? And if there's a team this year that has improved pass rush-wise more than any other team in the NFL, it is the Titans by far. Uh, they, they got Simmons back. He's healthy. He's out there. He, he's a beast at defensive tackle. I mean, a monster. And him, between him and Autry and Landry, who's had a, a, a breakout season as well, as good as he is with all the weapons that Burrow has, you still need time for those guys to get down the field, right? That's where Burrow shines is hitting those guys, hitting Jamar Chase on a 25-yard, you know, slant route or something of that nature. You know, that's where he shines. And if he doesn't have those two and a half, three seconds for him to sit and let those plays develop, I'm afraid that, you know, Burrow and, and the and the Bengals might be looking at the wrong side of the scoreboard, in my opinion. But to be fair, who thought this time or who who thought two years ago at this time that the Bengals would be in a divisional round of the playoffs, you know, two years later? No one did. You know, what they've accomplished this past year is just nothing short of phenomenal. I think they've done a great job and uh, it, it's taking a step. They still have more to rebuild and get better with. But I, I think the Titans overall is just a better team uh, all the way around. I mean, it's not just this defense. This offense is is it's nasty, uh, especially when they have all the guys there. When you have the Henry there, when you have the A.J. Brown, when you have the Jones and Tannehill is all good. You know, this this offense, when healthy, is very difficult to stop because you can't stop the three-headed monster when, when all of them are clicking. What quarterback would you compare who had this significant of a second-year jump as Joe Burrow did because we watched Joe Burrow last season. He was okay. He was good. He couldn't throw the ball past 10 yards down the field. Uh, I understand he got Jamar Chase. I understand he has T Higgins. I understand he's Tyler Boyd. I understand he's got weapons. However, he took a massive leap, both in his ability, his swagger, everything about him is almost completely different. And a part of me kind of laughed the other day because I was like, this is only his second year. Like, he's not like he's a five-year vet falling in, you know, settling in. Um, do you remember what you can compare to somebody having such a significant – because even Patrick Mahomes, he was already good. I know his second year was technically, but that was his first year playing. His second year playing, he was already kind of established as Patrick Mahomes. To me, like Joe Burrow has taken this massive leap since year one, uh, which worries me that he'll make a massive leap from year three. Um, any comparisons you want to drop on that? Not off the top of my head. Um, man, you caught me off guard. I'm sitting there thinking of style of quarterback as well, you know, because um, maybe Elway, his Elway's rookie year wasn't that great. But then again, I'm, I'm going way back, you know, <laughs> I'm talking about a, Joe, a John Elway. Uh, his rookie year wasn't phenomenal, but his second year was a, a really good jump. 
uh, watching that. But th- there are a bunch of guys who jump massive. Peyton Manning's rookie year to second year was a huge jump. But, you know, uh, different type of – one's a cerebral quarterback, one's an arm talent, you know. So it's, it's different than that when, when you call it like that. So, but – I'm sorry, I need to address this. Ray brags about calling Josh Allen success, but compared Joe Burrow to Tim Tebow. This is from a chicken blogs. Mm. I have, I, I've been on record. I said that Joe Burrow had bust written all over him. Mm. You have come out and defended me on my take mm-hmm. that Joe Burrow had bust written all over him. I need the receipt on this one. <laughs> I need the receipt because if I made the comparison to Tim Tebow, if I made that, I owed every Cincinnati I will personally shake every Cincinnati Bengals fan that that I meet and apologize because I don't, I don't think so because you were you were talking about you know you you didn't say like straight bus you were talking about as a number one overall pick right yeah Tim that, Tebow that he was the pick the, you, no. you were saying he no you were saying that Burrow would not live up to the number one so far he has which you know uh, at least in my opinion, I think Burrow has lived oh, up to yeah. that number one. Absolutely, pick. he has. Absolutely, uh, he has. But so, so I mean, it is, it is there, and I've said it too. I was like, yeah, I agree with you. I don't, I don't think he'll be, you know, uh, a top five quarterback in the NFL. I figured he might be a top fifteen though. Uh, this year, he's definitely pushing that top five, you know, category though. And uh, I'll, I'll eat it. I'll, I'll say right now, he's 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 living up to that first round pick right now. Um, but I, I don't, I don't remember you saying, you know, that he was going to be a, a Tim Tebow bust. McChicken says he's not making that up. He swears to God. And, uh, I apologize. I don't know. I need to know the context of how I made that comparison because yeah, uh, if you, did, I, talk a, I talk a lot of shit about Tim. Oh, I know. No, Tim Tebow is the best college quarterback ever. So I wouldn't have made a college comparison. No. Unless I was talking about the weapons that Tim Tebow had in college, because he had like Aaron Hernandez and 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 those boys, but I don't remember. I I just I need I need the I need the context of how the fuck I did that. If because... you did that, if you made the comparison to Tebow, it wasn't with me here. I don't remember anything of that about that nature. The only thing I remember is we us talking about living up to the number one overall pick. The fact that McChicken is doubling and tripling down on it, I have to believe him. I just I want to know what context I said, and if I just made the straight comparison, fuck me. You know? <laughs> like you know, I deserve whatever whatever slack I get for that. Um, listen, I'm going to go to a sensitive subject for you. Prior to the playoffs, the Indianapolis Colts suffered an embarrassing loss to the Jacksonville Jaguars and ended their season. Mm-hmm. The immediate fallout was people wondering if the Colts will be moving forward with Carson Wentz at the quarterback position for the Indianapolis Colts. General manager Chris Ballard didn't necessarily show his full support towards Wentz. You know, um, he had some nice things to say about him, but he kind of left a lot up in the air, um, especially when he gave a sort of vague, like, what were we supposed to do kind of answer when he was asked about the the Wentz trade. Uh, the Colts owner gave his uh, state of the franchise in front of his private jet, which was weird and loud and, 
you know, he couldn't hear a whole lot. I felt like it was like a TMZ crashing of his jet. Um, <laughs> and it, it reminded me of like the old Donald Trump ones when he'd do it right in front of Air Force One just to piss off the reporters so they couldn't hear what he was saying. And, and, um, but anyways, he expect he said that he expects anybody who walks through the cold store to have, and I quote, all the chips on the table. And uh, some people have wondered if those chips include Carson Wentz. So let me just ask you straight up. Will Carson Wentz be the Colts quarterback next season? At this point in time, I can't say that I believe that any other quarterback will be the starter other than Carson Wentz. Um, does that fill you with confidence or does that disappoint you? Neither. I'm, I'm kind of on the fence right now. Um, see, here's the situation. Uh, Ballard also in that press conference is like, look, I'm not making any decisions, uh, because I got a lot of poison in my system right now from that last game, just like every Colts fan, you know, a lot of poison in his system. So he wasn't making any decisions on that. Um, he also, you know, Carson Wentz didn't have an off season. 90% of your practice comes in the off season. You know, it's not during the weeks, during the games, you know, those are specific plays that you're working on, you know, for, for the upcoming game and that kind of thing, you know, prep for games. So you're, you're not actually working with your guys and getting your timing down and all that crap. So, and he missed all of it this past season and it showed and it showed and it showed up big, uh, did, and it wasn't just him. That's the thing. You know, you can't just drop that, that last game all on Carson Wentz. The entire offensive line, uh, the receiving core, the defense, the ball boy, the, the bus driver, it, it falls on the entire Colts organization, right? Um, the, the whole team did poorly in that game. It was it was awful. It was, and and the thing is, in that game, if if it would have happened week five, week six, it wouldn't be as big of a deal as it was week eighteen, where it was all you know so important. Win, you're in. Lose, you go home. So right now there's a lot of anger by Colts fans, and rightfully so, and it'll probably be there for a while. But there's not a legitimate option right now that is a improvement over Wentz. That's a legitimate option for the Indianapolis Colts right now other than Carson Wentz. I mean, people talk about, you know, uh, well, what about Aaron Rodgers or 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 Russell? Whistle? What 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 do the Colts have to get those guys? You know, Green Bay and and Seattle are not taking future picks and only future picks because the Colts don't have a first round pick this year. You know, there's not a quarterback in the draft that's equal to Carson Wentz in any way, shape, or form, in my opinion. And and most of your free agents, I mean. I can't I can't trust most of the guys that who are they gonna go after? Jimmy G. I'm sorry. I have no faith in Jimmy G. Uh none. Uh, I you just saw the last game proved again in the playoffs he cannot be trusted throwing the football past 15 yards. Uh <laughs> right. <laughs> um and then the, your other options are guys like Gardner Minshew or something, you know, and I'm sorry. Carson Wentz is going to be the guy that take that, you know, take the snap week one for the Indianapolis Colts. And we're just going to have to hope and pray that, you know, a solid off season uh, for Carson Wentz with time to, to sit there and work with his guys and 
and and get the system down and every an actual offseason will improve him uh rather than what happened when he hurt his foot and didn't get to practice until literally the week of week one hey guys make sure you smash that like button and subscribe we're live monday through friday at 7 p.m eastern time two hours of unfiltered football talk and shenanigans talking football with raising member of the dean blundell network find all our blogs and podcasts over at deanblundell.com we are here with lawrence owen of the lawrence owen youtube channel the colts law podcast and the believe in colts podcast with quell jackson follow lawrence on twitter at colts underscore law um okay so you mentioned that colts fans are angry Let's head back pre-Jacksonville, maybe even pre-Raiders, to put the Colts in a really – the Colts, you know, pre-Raiders game, Colts fans would have been in a good headspace at that time. Uh, just ranked off three in a row, right? One more win. Mm-hmm. You're in the playoffs. You got Raiders and Jacksonville coming up. You know you're going to win one of those games. So that's the headspace you're in. What were the Carson Wentz thoughts then? Was Was the fan base – you know, backing Carson, were they not against Carson? Was it a split? Was it indifferent? How did they feel about Carson Wentz? I think it was a split. There was still, you still had, you know, the guys, the fans out there that said, well, look, he's a winning quarterback. You know, look at his touchdown interception ratio, his yardage, his completion percentage, his turnover percentage. You know, you look at his stats, you look at, you know, that kind of stuff. And he's a good football player and then you got the guys that were out there saying well look at some of the decisions he makes right and they're legit arguments once a game he's guaranteed to make one of those throws that you go what the heck was that you know and so so yeah it was it was split before before the final two weeks of the season um the last two games especially the jaguars game hammered home uh, probably I would say right now, 75% of fans don't want Carson Wentz as the quarterback right now. Okay. So prior to, and I'll ask you now, cause I think you're a pretty level-headed, you're, you're, you can be a hothead when it comes to the Colts. You are somebody who will twist negatives to, to positives. You're that kind of the broadcaster, but I know when you can take a step back, breathe, put your broadcasting hat on, you can keep that sort of objective move. Where do you personally sit on Carson Wentz? Because you're really good at tiptoeing around your actual feelings about him. You're really good at, well, he does this really well. Oh, I understand why people are frustrated, but I'm going to put you on the spot. Like, How does Lawrence Owen, the Colts fan, not Lawrence Owen, the Believe in Colts podcast host, let's go back to the Colts law days when it was just you know the, the, the big Colts fan. How does that Lawrence feel? about Carson Wentz as the quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts. I feel good about him. I think that he's uh probably a top 12 quarterback in the NFL if given an opportunity. Notice I didn't say top 10. Uh <laughs> I, I do think he's a top 12 quarterback. I think this offseason uh will will be a huge benefit for him. I think it will. Uh he'll get a lot of his timing down and stuff with his receivers and under you know, things of that work with um, Frank Reich during the offseason on plays that he likes, doesn't like, that all that kind of stuff. There is that one issue that will never change about Carson Wentz, and that is that hero ball mentality play that you will see from him once or twice a game, right? That will never – it's been there his whole life. It will never change. The one thing that really worries me is the fact that 
he doesn't like the check down ever. When he's going hero ball, he doesn't go hero ball until he's being hit, and then he'll do the check down, and then it's too late. Then he switches it to his left hand, he tries to shuffle pass it. You know, we need to cut that out completely. Completely. Don't make stupid mistakes like that. We still start seeing that next year. I'll be off his bandwagon. I'll, I'll be like, there's no hope for you. Um, if we can get rid of those plays to where it's just every once in a while, it's a questionable throw because every quarterback makes those. Every quarterback, every once in a while, will throw in the double coverage. You go, why'd you do that? You know, but the stupid, like what Kyler Murray did, right? You know, everybody made that comparison, the, the, the interception pick six in the end zone, you know, Carson Wentz did that, you know, and those are the plays that you don't want to see very much of. Uh, and if he's still making those, uh, it'll be time to move on from him. But I'm, I'm giving him this off season as, as a personal, as a fan, as a, as a broadcaster, as, as everything, I think he has the opportunity to be a good quarterback in the NFL. I really do. Whose seat is hotter right now, Chris Ballard's or Frank Reich's? Frank Reich's, without any doubt, any doubt. I don't see it as a hot seat. A lot of fans do. Um, Chris Ballard is putting pieces in. I mean, you, you don't have seven Pro Bowl, you know, seven guys in a Pro Bowl, four All Pros on a team this year, and be on the hot seat. Period. But Chris Ballard is kind of tied because Frank Reich's his guy, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of people are on the defensive side, you know. They don't like Matt Eberflus either, you know. And, you know, that that goes up the chain to, you know, Frank Reich and then Chris Ballard. So that's a situation where I, I think that a lot of people want Frank gone because he pushed so hard for Carson Wentz and they want Carson Wentz gone. And that's why there's the hot seat. I don't think anyone's losing their job this off season at all. Um, I, I think this is a, a situation where, you know, Jim Irsay just, he wants better out of his people, but you know, if, if the Colts start off next season, like they started off this season, then yeah, someone might get, someone might be let go early. Like a coordinator pretty early just to send a message yeah. across. We need to change things. Let mm -hmm. me ask, is Jim Mercy the type of owner that listens to his fans? Because there are owners in professional sports. Like when Twitter is going crazy, when he's getting added at all the time, get rid of Frank Reich, get rid of Reich, get rid of Reich, get rid of Reich. They, they become fans themselves, and they make snap decisions that aren't necessarily smart. Is Ursay the kind of guy who would do that, or is he more level-headed when it comes to that? He's more – okay, so he is a fan. And he does mm -hmm. listen to the chirp, you know, out there on social media. But at the same time, I think he knows he's been around football his entire life. He knows football. He knows guys. He's a great owner in, in, in that aspect, right? Um, as much as he knows about football, he still hires guys that he believes in and then lets them handle the business. He only steps in on an occasion when he has a real, you know, thought about something like, you know, when they drafted John, when they moved up to draft Jonathan Taylor, you know, he, 
He gave Chris Ballard a call and said, you like him. He's there. Go up and get him. And then Chris Ballard moved up and get him. Uh, Reggie Wayne. That's a, that's a thing that I think the fans got Jim Mercy because it was a whole hashtag bring T.Y. home uh, this past offseason. And he wasn't going to be signed. He was, he was on the verge of signing with the Ravens. And Ursay gave Chris Ballard a call right at the last second and said, hey, we need him. You know, he, he's, he's, he is a cult and the fans want him, go get him. And, you know, he signed. So he can do that. So T.Y. T.Y. was on the team because the fans wanted him on the team. And Jim Mercer was like, shit, we got to bring him home. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, that's a small move. You know what I mean? That's not like a, a franchise altering move, like getting rid of a head coach or a GM. You know what I mean? That's just a move to, appease the fans at the same time and 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 you know you know what you're bringing back with ty anyhow so but yeah that that was a situation i believe that was affected by the fans for jim ursay and that's clearly a business decision now do you think that he does that because indianapolis is primarily a smaller market like let's say he would would have bought in the new england patriots when they weren't worth a lot of money and it wasn't a big market even though boston was a big market they didn't get a lot of but then they go through that success. Do you think he would still cave for TY or do you think he'd be like, Hey, I put those six banners up there with my decisions on coaches and players. Shut up. You know what I mean? Let, let TY sign somewhere else. Or do you think that he's just that devoted as a fan that he's like, you know what? I kind of like TY too. Like, let's bring him. you know, let's, let's bring him back. He's a cult for life. Yeah. I, I think it's, yeah, that's, I think that second part that you have is probably it. It's just, he's a fan and, it, and I'm going to say it, it wasn't going to affect the, the franchise overall, but you know, I mean, everybody liked T.Y. Hilton and didn't want to see him in an, uh, in an, in an other colors. So, you know, uh, I don't think Ursay did either. So, you know, he just, he stepped in and was like, let's go do this. And I think he would do that in any kind of small or big franchise. I, I don't, he's <sighs> limelight's not a thing to, to Ursay. He's used to it, you mm. know? So, I don't, I don't, I don't think that would have any effect on, on his decision-making. All right, guys, we're going to open up the chat here in just a minute. So Mike, if you want to start looking at some of those chats, I do have one more uh, subject I want to go over with Lawrence and then we will, uh, we'll open up the chat and uh, some people don't look happy that I've had a bunch of Buffalo guys on and <laughs> Miami fans and, and just people shitting on Patriots fans. Not yet, Mike, not yet. Um. So I got to do that one more subject. All right. So the New England Patriots, you had, a, you know, the Colts had an embarrassing loss of the Jacksonville Jaguars. The New England Patriots had an embarrassing loss of the Buffalo Bills on Saturday night. Um, we've analyzed that game to death. So I don't want to get deep into the X's and O's of that game. We've held two therapy sessions. You know, let's chill. But there's still some questions to ask, right? The Patriots are locked into the 21st overall pick in this year's draft. Uh, New England has anywhere between 20 to $26 million to spend with the, you know, adjusted cap that's coming out um, the last five weeks of the season and their playoff loss. Uh, the Patriots showed that they have some gaping holes that they need to address. So after the watching the Patriots against the Colts, uh, the handful of games that you did watch this season and the blowout to the bills, what does Bill Belichick have to address during the off season to put the Patriots in a position to seriously compete next year. That's tough. Um, I think you need to get younger at linebacker. 
I think by far, uh, that's, that's a situation. I don't know if, uh, you might try to find a replacement for McCourty as well. Um, and another, I like your offense. I think your offense will be fine. Uh, just give it time. It's got to gel. You know, you got a rookie quarterback. You got a bunch of guys thrown together all at once. Didn't know Jack from Jim, you know, uh, to begin the season. So you don't know uh, how many Patriot fans you just threw through the roof. What do you mean our offense is fine? We need a number one wide receiver. I think, I think your offense is fine. Now you could go draft a guy, uh, and that you feel like, you know, could be a number one. Uh, but I think you really, I think your focus needs to be on defense this season. Uh, yeah, you had the number two overall defense. That's great. But you had issues, uh, multiple times this year, getting to the quarterback in, in, in multiple games, uh, especially the last one, where was Matt Judon? Right. Uh, and, and, and that's all you can ask because generally after Judon, who else do you look, look for to get pressure on quarterbacks? Right. And I think to be honest, I think the rest of the NFL figured that out. And they're mm-hmm. like, oh, wait, we'll just take Judon out of the game. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll we'll send the double teams that way. And everybody else, we can just handle one-on-one. And they can't, they, they can't get to, you know, Christian Barmore, I think next year is going to be a force. I mean, he was a rookie. He had stuff to figure out. He, he blew up some big one-on-ones where he just destroyed the center in front of him. And I think that as he gets a little bit older, a little bit heavier, a little bit stronger, get a little bit of that man strength, he's going to be dominant. But yeah. Uh, this season consistently, Judon was the pass rusher. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think, you know, this off season, whether it be free agency or, and I'm going to tell you, twenty six million dollars is not enough. Uh, that's that's going to hold your team together and not really get anybody else out there, uh, because you, you've got to fill your ninety man roster, right? And you got a bunch of guys you got to resign, and you know. You got guys that are, you know, living off of one-year deals that you're going to have to fill spots on, you know, things of that nature that that their contract ends this year. So 26 isn't a lot. You're going to have to find a deal somewhere and at the same time get younger and faster, uh, especially, you know, at the safety position. Uh, I think Duggar will be fine. You just need someone opposite of that, right? And... um Obviously, you know, younger and, and faster at linebacker. Uh, maybe get a pass rusher. I don't know, but that, that's that's hard to find a good pass. You guys threw your money in for Judon last year at, at pass rush, and he produced this year, but you need more than one pass rusher, you know? So uh, a lot of interesting things for the GM Belichick to, to work through. Yeah, I think actually I, the Patriots, I think, have the pass rushers that you're talking about. Those okay. athletic linebackers, edge guys that can get across. Here's the problem the Patriots had, and I think that's where I agree with you about the middle, especially the middle linebacking core. Mm-hmm. You can't send out, so we all know a guy like Josh Uche, fast, strong, aggressive, can get to the quarterback. We've seen it. You can't send him out on three and two. Because that could be, he can't set an edge. That could be a run. That could be a pass. The Patriots, when they were bad, and you saw it in the Colts game, well, you know, well, you know, the Patriots get teams the fourth down. I'm like, yeah, the fourth and inches and fourth and one. Like every, you know, there were so many times that they're like, look how many times teams go forward on fourth down against the Patriots. I'm like, it's because it's third and three all the time. 
and they make it fourth and one or fourth and inches. Like, so you can't play those pass rushers. So control. Yeah. The Patriots, the number two defense had the number 22 run defense, you know, like they got run on. And I think being able to stop that run and being able to, you know, have some third and sevens where, you know, they're going to be throwing the football where you can put mm-hmm. Uche out. You can get that pass rush on the other side. However, the Colts bullied Devin Singletary averaged 5.1 yards per carry against the Patriots. Um, and yeah, and apparently I put out uh, team. Uh, no, yeah, team. Uh, if you have questions for Lawrence and Ray, keep them coming. Super chats will always be thrown up on the screen. Look at Mikey work, eh? Look mm-hmm. at Mikey work. I freaked out for a second when I saw that. I'm like, hey, who stole my shit? <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't gotta- forget to smash that like button, hit subscribe. If you're not subscribed, guys. I was just going to go there. Thank you, man. Uh, we're live Monday through Friday, 7 p.m. till 9 p.m. Two hours of unfiltered football talking shenanigans. Talking football with Ray's a member of the Dean Blundell Podcast Network. Find our blogs and podcasts over at DeanBlundell.com. Guys, drop your questions. We're with Lawrence Owen of the Lawrence Owen YouTube channel, the Colts Law Podcast, and the Believe in Colts Podcast with the Quell Jackson. It's with the Quell Jackson and Lawrence Owen, but you all know Lawrence Owen, so we'll just save the Quell Jackson. Uh, follow Lawrence on Twitter at Colts underscore law. Mikey, if you got a question for us, we're ready or comment we are ready to go here um you got to get yourself a producer lawrence i'm telling you it's one of the greatest things in the world uh big <laughs> mgm says colts are in a weird spot because if they didn't trade for wentz i think a guy like jimmy g or goff uh would be a great bridge quarterback but with the trade and the draft capital he gave up you gotta go with wentz i wouldn't want jimmy g at all goff maybe um really I, I, so you would consider jared goff who actually didn't have that bad of a year in detroit i would, would i would take jared goff over jimmy g uh hands down quicker than anything you're just at not least, into the you're just not into jimmy eh? you just can't no. get behind jimmy 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 is perfectly fine as a guy where all plays develop inside of 10 yards you know those little quicks uh your screen passes your little flip classes your end arounds um very smart very uh good at, at at leading a receiver on on a crossing pattern or a drag route or something of that nature but it's just on film over and over and over you cannot rely you get down and he's your quarterback he can't throw you back into a game when you need him to make up yardage quickly. You just can't do it. You know, he can't he can't throw past 15 yards with any type of accuracy. So interesting question for you. Should Patriot fans be worried about Mac Jones in that same scenario? No, because Mac 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 has accuracy. Um, I just again, he was a rookie. It's going to take time for him to get his guys speed down what they like to do when they throw uh, during certain situations, like in the middle of a route if a defensive back is playing him a certain way, you know, being a little bit physical and pushing him out towards the edge. How is your receiver going to react to that? And then throw him with that reaction. That's situations that it takes more than a year for a quarterback to get that down. Jimmy G's been with the Niners for years now you know, has seen these guys multiple times year after year and is still awful on, you know, medium and long-range throws. He is. I'm sorry. He is. He is is absolutely awful on medium and long-range throws. Thank you, Big MGM, for your comments. 
Uh, Mike Larry says Titans are going to run on the Bengals and have the same result as Chase scoring. I'm trying to. Yeah, make me sense too. Of that. I think what he's saying is is they're going to run on the Bengals and they're going to score just like Chase. So I guess Jamar Chase is going to score fast and the Titans are going to score are going to. Score in a, okay. Oh, it's it's going to be a close game, but but one team is going to have a much larger time of possession, is what they're saying. Is Mike Larry? Yeah, thanks, Mike. Mike, if you want to maybe explain yourself a little bit more, we can address that because I'm I'm ha- we're both kind of in a tough time just sort of deciphering what you're saying. So we'll go to another question, retype it, and we can go. Uh, Lex says the Bills deserve to flex on the Patriots after the years of child abuse that they suffered <laughs> from their daddy. Oh, as Tom long as Brady. those aren't, as long as those aren't uh, child, you know, diaper changing tables that they're, you know, jumping off of tables on. I'm, I'm good. Uh, <laughs> I was on the Dean Blundell show yesterday, and he's like, "What the?" He's like, "Do you know what Buffalo would be like if they won the?" The Super Bowl, I'm like, oh, fucking Home, home Depot would be out of tables. I right? said they would be completely <laughs> out of tables. Uh, what do you think of the Bills? Do you think what 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 we saw on Saturday against the Patriots is what we should expect of the Bills, or do you think that was them just at home, the emotion, exercising some demons? But, I mean, to beat up on a Bill Belichick defense, you know, who looked like they didn't talk to – and it's funny because I think it's like people are like, well, the Patriots didn't show up to play. They look, you know, they didn't turn out to play. And there was a part of that, but we got to give credit where credit is due. Buffalo offensively and defensively played fucking phenomenal. I've already went out and said it uh, yesterday while I was watching the game. I think Buffalo beats Kansas City by two scores. Ooh. And and it's not and and a lot of people were like, whoa, 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 slow down. That's just emotions talking. And I'm like, no, Buffalo's. Buffalo's got a better defense than what Kansas City played last week. You know, Buffalo will be able to get pressure on Mahomes, and they have two safeties that can, you know, take a, a Kelsey out of a game. You know, not out of a game, but, you know, slow him down, take that quick pass to him out. They got two very, very good safeties. Could uh, this be a game, though, that we really see the absence of Jadavius White? Is this the type of game? Yeah, yeah, where... yeah, you're 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 on that. You're you got that right. And I don't think it's I, I don't think you're gonna see the hill. I think you're gonna see the secondary, second and third string guys do a lot. Uh I think Hill will probably be double covered. But you know, you're looking at guys like Pringle and them that will probably see a lot more targets like you saw uh last couple weeks, to be fair. But at the same time, man, uh I like a lot of people do not like their linebacking core. I think their lineback I think the Bills linebacking core is is actually pretty good, especially when it comes to, you know, y- your inside blitzes, you know, when you got Milano and and uh, Edmonds coming up the middle on blitzes and stuff. I love that. I think they do a phenomenal job and they need to do that more often. And the fact that the Bills finally decided to run the football with someone other than Josh Allen the past 3 or 4 weeks that's opened up that offense so much more. Uh, they, I said it. I said it on your show. I said um, if, if Bills don't win, then if the Bills didn't beat the Patriots, then their head coach needed to be fired. 
you know. Well, yeah, it's it's funny too because Sean McDermott is an interesting one because you got some Buffalo Bills fans that just defend him to the core, and then there's mm-hmm. other ones that are like, yeah, no. I mean, Dean Dean hates McDermott, still hates him, even after that win. He's like, I don't trust him. I don't trust him as far as I can throw him. I, I don't know if he can beat the Chiefs, and it, it's this is going to be a real test because you just went, you just beat Bill Belichick, you just beat up on a Bill Belichick team. Uh, and forget what happened on the offense. Forget what your defense did the offense. You just beat up on a Bill Belichick defense, the second-best defense in the NFL. You just beat up on, statistically, second-best defense. You just beat up on. Now you got to go face Andy Reid. Like, you're going back-to-back really good coaches. And I think if you get through these two games and you outcoach Andy Reid the same way you outcoach Belichick, I think you got to start putting a little bit of respect and hanging that respect collar on uh on his neck also i don't know if you saw this i should have screenshotted this photo. did you see ryan fitzpatrick at the game did you see uh-uh. the, the the stuff on twitter uh-uh. shirt shirtless at the bills game man flexing it up for bills fans you gotta love fitz magic good on fitz uh brandon says we i'm assuming he means patriots we gotta get more physical and what i will say is is i saw the patriots against the colts and the bills especially uh, get pushed around and bullied. The Patriots are supposed to be playing bully ball, and they got they got bullied. Thanks for, very much for your comment, Brandon. Uh, I'll let Lawrence go to that. Do you think that the Patriots got to get more physical or get more players who are willing to go get their hands dirty? No, I, I honestly don't think it has anything to do with willingness. Uh, Bill Belichick won't keep you around if you're not willing to be that person that he wants on the team. I think you. I think age is just was showing in certain aspects of the game. You know age and inexperience and that was a problem and i i think you know give belichick a little bit of time like i said this past this next off season and it should it should work out well um yeah there were times in this in this season like you said against the colts against the bills where they kind of got pushed around especially in the trenches on both sides and it has more to do with the fact that, you know, some of the guys just weren't able to do what they used to be able to do or were just too young and got beat technically, you know, um, and that happens. Uh, you just need to give your younger guys a little bit more time and, and replace the guys that just don't have it anymore. Edward says, I want to know who BB's going to cut and pick up for next season. I'll tell you who he's not going to cut. And I've seen so much of this this week. And thank you very much for your comment, Edward. Uh, I've seen so much of this week. Cut John U. Smith or trade John U. Smith. Cut Nelson Aguilar or trade Nelson Aguilar. John U. Smith is a $25 million cap hit, dead cap hit this season. 25 mil. Nelson Aguilar is a $10 million dead cap hit. The Patriots are not going to forfeit $35 million of cap space that they, they have to replace those players with somebody else. Jonu Smith was not the problem in his game this year. Josh McDaniels was the problem in Jonu Smith's game. And I want to turn that to Lawrence because he's nodding his head. And I think he's going to validate what producer Mike and I, I don't call him Mike anymore, by the way. He's now producer Mike. I like that a lot better. But uh, what producer Mike and I have been saying for a long time. And Lawrence, I'm going to pinpoint this to you. It was about two weeks ago, I think it was after the Bills game, and they were questioning Josh McDaniels about Jonu Smith and why Jonu Smith hasn't been a bigger impact in the Patriots offense. And he said, I quote, 
I have to do a better job of getting the ball in his hands, end quote. I took that as a translation of I have no idea how to incorporate him into my offense and get the ball into his hands because when the ball has been in Jonu Smith's hands outside of his game against uh, the New Orleans Saints on week three, he has been consistent and he has been explosive where it's almost a minimum of 10 yards every time he touches the football, whether it's on an end around, a pass, we saw it. They just didn't get him involved. I'm going to turn it to you. Was Johnny Smith, Johnny Smith's problem or was Josh McDaniels, Johnny Smith's problem? This was a Josh McDaniels, not understanding Mac Jones's uh, tendencies. Okay. I went back and looked at a lot of plays with John who's when John who's Smith and Hunter Henry were on the film to, uh, on the field together. When they're on the field together and both of them are going out for passes, 80% of the time, Hunter Henry's taking an in route, John Smith's taking an out route. The quarterback that he has sitting behind center is going to take that guy right in front of his face 80% of the time, rather than unless he is completely and utterly covered and then he's going to move on and, and look at the guys in the middle of the field and then look at the guy who's running that little, you know, fade route or out in the flat or whatnot over here on the side. That's going to be harder for him to throw because, you know, it's way out there by the sideline, right? That's most of what John U. Smith is running. They're giving Hunter Henry the prime target routes and giving John U. Smith the, the secondary routes. And that is why. In my opinion, Matt Jones is throwing to Hunter Henry more than he is Johnny Smith. If, if they would flip that occasionally, you know, use him equally on different parts of the field, I think you would see uh, Johnny Smith get a lot more targets and a lot more positive situations because you've seen a lot of the, like a lot of those out route little, little, little you know, run out into the flat by Johnny Smith. Those throws, when they get there, they don't have the juice on them. They start to, fall down and hit near Johnny's feet or something of that nature. And it's hard for, you know, a guy who's six, six, 250 pounds to bend down and pick something like that up off his shoestrings, you know? So, uh, yeah, I think this is, this has more to do with Josh, Josh McDaniels than it does Johnny Smith by far. Guys, make sure you smash that like button. Make sure you subscribe. We are live here Monday through Friday from 7 p.m. till 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, it's two hours of unfiltered football talk and shenanigans. Talking football with Ray is a member of the Dean Blundell Podcast Network. Find our blogs and podcasts over at DeanBlundell.com. Ladies and gentlemen, we are with Lawrence Owen of the Lawrence Owen YouTube channel. The Colts Law Podcast and the Believe in Colts Podcast. Follow Lawrence uh, on Twitter at Colts underscore law. Another lost soul says Ray. Do you see the Patriots trying to trade up in the draft uh, to get a talented pass rusher? No, I believe, and I agree with what Lawrence said about beefing up the and getting younger in the middle linebacking core, but I think that our secondary needs to get a little bit younger and a little bit more talented as well. What we saw this year was a lack of depth. When Jonathan Jones, people talk about the Stephon Gilmore trade, but it's not the Stephon Gilmore trade. It was Jonathan Jones getting injured, and that's where a lot of the depth went away. And then obviously Jalen Mills, 
ending up on the COVID list for the Buffalo Bills game. You've now got Miles Bryant and Jawan Williams out there with J.C. Jackson, who, by the way, can't cover Stephon Diggs. As great as J.C. Jackson is, uh, he cannot cover Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs has had the the better of him every game. Stephon Diggs beat cover three. That's how good Stephon Diggs is. However, there's not a lot of corners who can cover Stephon Diggs, so I'm not just going to lay that hat on to J.C. Jackson. I don't think the Patriots are going to trade up. The 21 pick, a couple of years ago, uh, going into the 2020 draft, the year that Tom Brady left, the year that we had Cam Newton and the Patriots were going to win 13 games, according to Connor Carney. Uh they traded out of the first round and ended up trade. Uh, they ended up drafting Kyle Duggar in the second round, and they traded out of the first and accumulated picks. As much as I want to sit here and say I think they're going to take a cornerback in the first round, the Patriots don't have something they've always had. They don't have all those comp picks. They don't have all those extra picks going into the draft. He's not loaded with ten draft picks. Lawrence said it, $26 million in cap space. Got to re-sign J.C. Jackson. Got to sign Jawan Bentley. Got to sign Jacoby Myers. Uh, a lot of guys you got to got – Nick Folk, if that's the direction you want to go. A lot of guys need to be signed. Possibly Matthew Slater if you want to bring him back at say, uh, for special teams. So with all that being said, a lot of that money is going to be used just to secure the team that we have. The Patriots have to build in the draft, and I fully support – or I fully expect – Bill Belichick to trade out, accumulate more picks, and try to do damage in the later rounds. Lawrence, I'll give you a quick before we go to this ridiculous comment by McChicken. We'll uh, we'll go to you and uh, oh, sorry, isn't sorry, I read it wrong. Sorry, it's not a ridiculous comment, but I'll go to you. Uh, do you think the Patriots are going to select in the first round, or could you very well see the Patriots trading out of the first round? First off, I think it is a ridiculous comment, but you know, whatever. Well, he said uh, isn't. I thought he was comparing them, but he said I isn't. hope he isn't. Yes, that's what yeah, he said. I really yeah, hope yeah. he isn't. We'll say we'll get to the comment in a second. I read I, it wrong when I first I saw it, though. Yeah, the comparison is is awful in my opinion. But um, yeah, uh, trading back would not be a bad idea, especially you know not having your four third round comp picks. You know that you, he's used to having every year. Uh, trade a first for a, a couple seconds, you know, uh, and that 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 would help out a ton. Um, get you a little bit of extra, you might be able to find yourself a, a really young, fast linebacker, you know, or a corner in the second round. I mean, there's still really good talent in the second round. And in, in the, um, I think the majority of the Colts uh, pro bowlers this year were second round picks. And I'm uh, the free agents. Yeah. Well, you know, it is what it is. It's not like the Patriots don't know how to go grab undrafted free agents either. Uh, <laughs> Second team all pro, JC Jackson. There you go. All right. So that's the thing, man. Um, sometimes, but, but at the same time, if there's a blue chip guy that falls and you're on defense, you got to grab him. It doesn't matter where they're at. It could be a blue chip defensive tackle. You grab that guy, you know? So uh, even if it's in a spot, like I said, you you don't necessarily think that you need help in. Um, you still, you, you grab it. I think, I think you need help on defense uh, at different levels and, you know, all three levels really. And uh, if there isn't someone that just makes you go, wow, at the 21st pick, yeah. See if there's someone that'd be willing to move up. I'm sure there would be. 
You know, 21st is not a bare cupboard pick. Uh, you could still get quite a good uh, value out of it trading back if, if someone wants uh, someone that's still on the board, especially do, if it's an offensive player. I do want to point out as well that it's going to be a little bit difficult for us to completely assess the Patriots' needs this year. And this is one of those moments where New England probably knows a little bit more about what they have in that locker room than we do. Because there's a couple of things that we didn't see this year. We didn't see Ronnie Perkins at a pass rush perspective, right? And sorry, I'm just pulling up the list so I have it. So we didn't see Ronnie Perkins, Edge. We talk about needing that other pass rush guy. Was this whole year about developing Ronnie to be that guy next year? We also didn't see Cameron McGrone. He's a six foot one, two thirty six linebacker coming out of Michigan. Speed guy, athletic guy, that athletic linebacker that the Patriots been missing. We didn't see him this year. I know this guy's a six-round pick, but we didn't see Joshua Bledsoe, right? Safety. Um, a guy I think that they can convert. I'm not going to get into to tr- Trey Nixon and all them kind of guys. But I think McGrone and Perkins are two guys to keep an eye on. So it's going – It's it's – as Patriot fans, normally we know the team that we have in front of us and we kind of make our our assessment from that. However, um, when you break that all down, it's like there's a couple of pieces that are sort of unknown for us that the Patriots would have a better idea. Here's where they are in their development. This guy will be ready. This guy won't. We have to address this. He's going to take over this position. So we'll have to see how that goes. Uh, this will be our last question with Lawrence. I can't believe it's been an hour already, guys. We're with Lawrence Owen, uh, the Lawrence Owen YouTube channel, the Colts Law Podcast, the Believe in Colts Podcast, and a whole bunch of other podcasts and a whole bunch of other things that he does because Lawrence Owen doesn't sleep. All he does is talk football and, and basketball apparently and uh, you can find him on twitter at colts underscore law final comment of the day for us uh lawrence before we let you go and i don't know maybe see your wife and say hello to your kids uh do either one of you think that dable or fraser will get a head coaching position yes i'm a bills fan uh, i've heard that first of all poyer and hyde were nobodies before they got to buffalo nobody's and yes some of that is some of that is sean mcdermott a lot of that is fraser i'm Mm going to put that right on the table right now i think fraser's i think for sure fraser's going to get a job somewhere i don't know about dayball but i think fraser and if you guys beat the chiefs and you somehow beat them in a sense that their offense doesn't you know look high octane then People in this league, Denver, those kind of – they will wait. They will wait until Fraser's able to go do interviews. I know he's able now, but he's going to be focusing on on, on divisional rounds. I think Dable, I got to see. See, I hear mixed things from the Buffalo crowd when it comes to, to Brian Dable. I hear some guys love him, some guys hate him. Um, and you know what? At this time of year, too, I mean, I got a good laugh the other day because I heard somebody was really interested in Eberflus, which I think Lawrence would happily throw him out the front door if somebody would hire him as a head coach. Um, uh, and he can go Not do necessarily. I, I, I like 
how he has adjusted the last six weeks of the year. All right. So week week five, you would have gladly thrown him out the front door. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I definitely think Fraser's gonna get a job. I don't know about Dayball. Could maybe, but I think Fraser for sure is could be a head coach this year. Uh what's your thoughts, Lawrence, on on those two guys? I don't know how familiar you are with Dayball and Fraser. I really don't know a whole lot about Dayball, but uh Fraser, yeah, definitely. I one hundred percent echo everything you just said. Uh he took a bunch of guys who literally last year I most of these guys were there last year, right? Most of them were there, and they had not a good season defensively uh, at all, uh, and especially against the run and a bunch of other places. Um, this year, they, they've turned it around. They, they're number one in the NFL in five of the biggest areas in – you know, statistics defensively is just, it's unreal. Um, and they did that the majority of the year without arguably their best player, right. In in white. So, um, yeah, I think, I think Frazier will probably get that somewhere somehow. Yes, you're right. Teams will sit back and wait until, uh, whenever Buffalo's done, you know, they, they're, they've been able to ask for interviews this whole time, but there's no way Frazier's going to, uh, doing interviews in the midst of a playoff run. So uh, after after the the uh, the Bills and the Rams face each other in the Super Bowl, I think he'll go ahead and do that. Thank you very much for your comment, Jason. I didn't realize that Hall of Famer Jason Taylor was a uh, right was a Buffalo Bills fan. Uh, guys, we just had one hour and three minutes of Lawrence Owen here talking football. Always appreciate it. Lawrence Owen of the Lawrence Owen YouTube channel, the Colts Law podcast, the Believe in Colts podcast. Look up Colts Law. Look up Lawrence Owen on YouTube. Follow him on Twitter at Colts underscore law was just voted and ranked uh, by I can't remember who, but as the second best Colts reporter. So congratulations to you, Lawrence. Uh, uh, quite an honor when you're picked by your own fan base as as somebody who they they see you as as the top people reporting on on the team. And so they, congrats and, on and that. Yeah, and that that kind of was a little bit shocking because these are legit reporters, you know, actual team reporters that that was in there that I'm smashed between first and second and third, you know, and I'm sitting there in the middle. I'm like, that's awesome. Uh, well, you said legit <laughs> reporters, Mr. Uh, media creds holder. All right, Lawrence. Thanks so much, man. We'll see you next Tuesday. Enjoy the games this weekend. Ladies and gentlemen, a big hand, Lawrence Owen. Always love, always, always, always love having our boy Lawrence on. All right, guys. Producer Mike has been behind the scenes, popping up the questions, been doing a good job. We're going to get them on. We're going to hear. We're going to take 30 seconds. We're going to listen to uh, take 30 seconds to hear about our boys over at uh, Ultra Game. Get your fully licensed NFL and NBA gear. And when we return, we'll have producer Mike on. Hey, 
Talking Football with Ray is brought to you by my partners over at Alter Game. Guys, gear yourself up with NFL and NBA gear from my friends over at Alter Game. They're one of the largest distributors of licensed NFL apparel in the U.S. Listen, you know when you're grabbing your gear, you want it to be licensed. None of that knockoff junk. It doesn't matter who you cheer for. They have something for everybody. So go gear yourself up today with Alter Game. I've left that link in the description. Uh, and we're back live everybody make sure you smash that like button make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode of talking football with ray we are live monday through friday at 7 p.m eastern time till 9 p.m eastern time that is two hours of unfiltered football talk and shenanigans talking football with ray is a member of the dean blundell network make sure that you find our blogs and podcasts over at deanblundell.com we are joined by our producer mike N. you can follow him on twitter at mn underscore off topic we're going to be looking at all the comments and questions over from the ray route patreon page for only five dollars a month you can get exclusive access to me uh anytime that we don't have a guest booked at 710 the patreon members are invited to join the show every friday show is a patreon hangout and only guest that we have is the patreon crew uh, of course everyday patreon members can leave comments and questions just like the live chat but they are guaranteed to be answered so come check out the ray route patreon page over at patreon.com slash dpn sports as always, links are in the description. How you doing, Mikey? Good. What's going on, everybody? Oh, it's been a good show. It's been a good yeah. show tonight. Yeah, you clicking. A lot of clicking. A lot of clicking. Good guests. Yep. What are our likes at now, Mike? Let's see. Where are we at from the like department? I want to know how much 33 love. likes. So good job, everybody, because we were at about eight at one point. So eight. All right. Come on, guys. Keep hitting. There's 44 people watching. We should have at least a minimum 44 likes. Make sure you hit that like button. Smash it. All right, Mike. Let's get into some of these Patreon questions. This first one is directly towards me. How is the snow going? How bad is it? How bad is it? How bad is it? <laughs> This is how bad it is, okay? It was this was from last night. There's even more snow today. I didn't take any pictures. That's my front yard, uh, as you can see. And you see, I don't know if you guys see those two little things sticking out of the ground, kind of right hand in front of the tree. Do you see those, Mikey? Yep. That's a fire hydrant. So I have to fucking dig around the fire hydrant, okay? Oof. Because it's the law. Uh, that's my neighbor's place, just to get a little bit of an idea of how much snow there there is. Uh, I took a picture of their driveway. Uh, so yeah, it's bad. It's bad. Um, we were talking about we haven't had this much snow in a long time here, like in one fall. Like we've had this much snow, but yep. not in like a. It started at like eleven o'clock at night and went till four o'clock the next day, nonstop. I shoveled the driveway three times yesterday. Oof. I have strained my hamstring and hurt my back. That's what my life is now. Three times, and then this morning I had to go shovel that shit at the end of my driveway. You know that the snow plow leaves. Yeah, yeah, the little uh, slushy, garbagey crap that's left over. That it they was heavy, up. dude. Yep. It was like this thick and heavy, and um, so I'm done with fucking shoveling for a while. Uh, according to my weather, we're not supposed to get snow for a couple more, you know, at least a few days. We're going to get a little bit of a break and the sun was out today, so I can't complain anymore. Uh, but it does look really odd outside. I said to my wife, it almost looks like, like a movie set. There's just so much snow. Yeah. You guys get that lake effect snow. We see new England is more inconsistent. Like we'll go with nothing. And then like the next two weeks we'll get absolute, absolutely slammed or vice versa. Like. Some years we get nothing. Some years we get that all year long. It's it's just totally different. 
totally, totally different. So we get lake effects now. Do you get like ocean effects now? No, no, no. So actually, the closer you get to the ocean, usually there's less snow. So like the coast and the cape and the islands and stuff like that, they don't get quite as much snow. Does it get just as cold there? It'll get just about as cold, but the uh, the water because it it doesn't freeze doesn't you know uh, create that lake effect stuff. Okay. Uh, question for you. Sure. I forget now. Oh, did you guys get the snow? Because this was a northeastern. They said so. You should have been hit by it too. Yeah. No? So we we got a little bit of this. Like uh, we got like a dusting last night. And so we you got... don't look like this. No, 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 no. So the last substantial snow we got was about a week ago, last Friday. Did it look like that? It did look like about half that. We had to shut the highway down yesterday. There was cars stuck. We literally had to shut down the highway. And our fucking premier drove around pretending to dig people out. It was a disgusting act. Uh, Anyways, yeah, they had to like, they had to shut down the highway. We had tractor trailers stuck all over. It was just brutal. Just brutal yesterday. We haven't seen anything like that yet, but we definitely do see that. So I'm just waiting for it. Like we were out there. My daughter's five foot four and the snow was like way above her knee and we had already shoveled. That's how crazy it is. I had already done a shovel in the morning. So yeah, it was a lot of snow. Uh, thank you, Thomas. Thomas says, I'm still so sad that the season ended. Uh, I was absolutely satisfied, but the Bills game haunts me. Uh, <laughs> what was going on? in that bye week and i saw adrian phillips kind of address that today right and just said they weren't the same team after coming back from the bye week and it's really weird because normally we're talking about like a bill belichick team coming off the bye you know like you're you just assume it's going to be a win right and then and then it wasn't so and then and then then you thought okay we're going to beat the bills at gillette stadium and then they didn't (laughs) And then it's funny because I tweeted out during the Bills game, don't worry, we'll blow out Jacksonville next week so we can all pretend that the Patriots are elite again. <laughs> you did. Yep. And then we they lost to Miami the next week and then got embarrassed on Saturday night. So embarrassed so badly that I had to invite you and McChicken on and we had to have a therapy session and, yeah. yep. and, and let it all out. Um. What the fuck happened after that bye, man? Let's let's have a, a Boston Sports Radio hot take from you, Mikey. Uh, you know, man, I I wish I had a hot take on that, but I re- like I'm just a, it's funny that Thomas brings this up because I saw somebody else talking about this today and man, just no energy, you know, it's like uh Bill let them all take a break and they never came back from it. You know, that's that's the hottest take I can give you. I I it's it's shocking how they just came back with no energy. And now you know why what I'm gonna call old Bill used to say no days off. Maybe we need to go back to old Bill. No no days off. He gave the guys days off this year. I'm just wondering if that buy came way too late into the off into the season. You know what I mean? I think, like I think it might have. And you're right in the middle of a seven game win streak. Yeah, you have a pretty big emotional win over the Buffalo Bills at home, in a crazy win game where your defense gave up what ten points the whole game yep. or something like that. Uh, yeah, and, and seven of them was on a punt, basically. 
Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Seven on one was Nikhil Harry um, fielding the ball at the punt. So you come off that game. Mac Jones throws three passes that whole game. You go on the bye, and it kind of broke all the momentum. And I think that that's why there's like discussions about if you're say like you got a if you got the AFC clinch the last week of the season, do you play your starters or do you let them sit? And we've seen teams let them sit, and then they get the bye, and then yep. they have the divisional game, and they're exactly. fucking slow. They're out, and it, yeah, it's almost like they got big and fat and slow during that, and they never really bounced back after that. Like They went from dominating teams, swagger, and I think just being away from the locker room for a week, and you kind of lose all that sort of momentum. You go home, you see your family, you get yeah. laid, you eat too much <laughs> food, you, you know, a whole bunch of stuff happens. You show back up to Gillette, you have a bad week of practice, which has become way too big of a fucking thing on Twitter. And yep. then, you know, every time like anything happens, almost been a bad week of practice. Uh, this mm. one girl in particular, fuck, if she were to say it one more time, I was going to smash my head off the wall. Uh, no. Yeah, it's really weird. I just think it came too late in the season. It broke up the streak, and then it all just went downhill. And and again, I, I don't think the Patriots were that good. I think the Patriots also had a stretch where they got a little bit lucky that some of the teams that they were playing were either injured or having a down year. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's a lot of it. And we kind of went over this the last couple of days, kind of breaking down the schedule where they got lucky, where they did have a couple quality wins. But, you know, they they played over their their skis a little bit. And it could be. Listen, we said it, you know, after the bye was going to be the hardest part of their schedule. Right. And as soon as they hit the hardest part of their schedule, they, you know, they skid pretty hard. So. Yeah, it was. And we knew that was the meat, right? Yep. Colts, Bills, Dolphins. Like yeah. we, we knew that that was a meat with Jacksonville in between. And yeah, it looked it looked bad. So that's it, Thomas. We have no idea. But uh, well, I, I was gonna say before you pop one thing up, I did hear one yeah. thing today. Greg Bedard kind of let a little early reporting go on something I think he's writing that he thinks that the defense might have revolted on Steve Belichick a little bit after the bye week that um, there was some, some conflict between him and Mayo there. And we'll, we'll see what comes of that story. I don't, I don't necessarily know if I believe it or disbelieve it, but it looks like the locker room might've had a little bit of a problem with Steve potentially. Well, let me tell you, because I did a piece for this on Newsbreak. And I think that Steve Belichick is a problem. I, I really agree. do. And I don't think Bill can get away from it. And that's the problem when you hire your son. And will he ruin his relationship with his son for the game of football? I don't think Bill will. I think. Mm-hmm. And I also think that if Mayo leaves to take a head coaching job, now there's no sounding board there whose name last name isn't Belichick, Belichick yeah. or is doesn't have his head up Belichick's ass like Patricia. So yeah. I think that Steve Belichick is a huge problem. And why is nobody around the league interested in Steve? Why are they so him and Mayo are co defensive coordinators, correct? Not even. They don't even have that title that like but I think yeah, that, I, the de facto, right? The right, facto, de facto co- yes. Why? Is Mayo the only one drawing interest? Can I can I be real with you though? And like this yeah. speaks to, you know, like the Patriot or I should say Bill's coaching tree maybe not being so good. Um, Gerard Mayo played for a long time. He was a good player. 
He's yep. been with the coaching organization now for two years. Mm-hmm. In the two years that he's been with the, the Patriots, one was a down year, and then this this year they played good for a little while, and then they kind of petered out. That, to me, a good set of coaching credentials does not make. So it feels like somebody might be setting him up to fail. You think Bill? You think Bill's sabotaging him? You think Bill's telling people, hey, hey, Bill, we want to talk to your son. You should talk to Mayo. Talk to Gerard. He's the guy. You think he's getting no, set up I just, because he I, was beefing with his son? I don't think Bill's setting him up to fail. I meant more in the sense of like whoever is seriously considering bringing him in, where are the credentials? But where he, were Rabel's credentials? Well, he coached in college for, what, two years? No, he coached for the Texans. He was an assistant coach with the Texans. Hmm. I think that I think there's I think Steve Belichick's a problem. I really do. Maybe we'll talk about it more tomorrow. Maybe we'll do a whole a whole session yeah, on it. Yeah. But yeah, I do. I think I think that's Steve Belichick's problem. We only have 10 minutes left, so I do gotta get to the next question here. Yep. Uh Thomas says Rams or Bucks. I got the Rams. Impressive team after they uh brought in so much talent. Wasn't sure it'll work for them, but it did. Uh I I, I might be that guy when Matthew Stafford is hoisting the Super Bowl, the Vince Lombardi trophy going, <laughs> I just can't buy into the Rams. I just can't buy into Matthew Stafford. Um, listen, I think that Matthew Stafford is the most overrated quarterback in the NFL. I think that he got a pass for so many years and that he took no accountability or responsibility for anything that happened in Detroit. And yet Kirk Cousins takes 100% responsibility for everything that happens in Minnesota. Um, I think Matthew Stafford's an okay, good quarterback, but I think he's completely overrated. Um, However, I am going to take the Rams over the Bucs. I think that there's just – the Bucs are dealing with way too many injuries, and I think that there's just too much talent on the Rams' side. Uh, However – when they got to run into the Packers in the NFC Championship game, Aaron Rodgers, since winning his Super Bowl, is finally going to get over the hump and make it to the Super Bowl. I've already predicted a Tennessee-Green Bay Super Bowl finals, so uh, I have to kind of put it that direction, but I do think the Rams are going to beat the Bucks this week, even though I'm not bought into them, even though I wouldn't be shocked. And I mean, it's hard to bet against Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady could single-handedly win you a game, uh, but I am going to take the Rams this week. So this is what I'll say. I'm I'm right with you. I think the Rams defense is really impressive, especially now that Tom Brady's offensive line has been uh, nicked up a little bit. If you can get Brady off his spot, you can beat him. On the other hand, though, I will say Tom Brady has done more with less in in New England. So don't don't count the man out completely. Yeah, he's still got Mike Evans. He's still got Gronk. Like, I think Leonard Fournette should be back the, the next game. It's, yep. yeah. No, I, I definitely agree. But I don't, I just can't buy into Matthew. Like, am I out of line? Tell me. Like, don't, don't, so, don't be a yes man here. Be, so be that I, firm. I, I was saying this to the guys last night and I was laughing. I said, because I'm not, I'm not a big Matthew Stafford fan. I'm not, I'm not a defender of Matthew Stafford by any means. But I was like, I, because you said you had the Cardinals last night. I said I think Ray is nuts. He said he doesn't buy into Matthew Stafford. I was just like, it doesn't matter if you buy in or not. I said with DeAndre Hopkins hurt. I said the Cardinals are a shell of themselves. You know what I mean? So yeah, but DeAndre Hopkins hurt has nothing to do with Chandler Jones or JJ Watt or that that Cardinals defense that was so fantastic at the beginning of the season. 
No, I, I agree. But I think come playoff time, you need both sides of the football to win. And the offense just, eh, for the The Cardinals. Patriots won the Super Bowl 13 to 3. Yeah, but that defense was really, really good. And then the pass to Gronk and still had Brady. So, and Edelman was a beast that game. They just didn't get into the end zone. Like, let's be honest. How many yards did he have? Like 160? 13 to 3. Like, 13 to 3. I don't care if he had 7,000 yards. 13 to 3. And Patrick the, Daniels just has trouble getting the ball. Well, they blew out the Chargers because they ran all over them. Yeah. Uh, the Cardinals couldn't get the run game going last night, and I mean that that Rams defense just completely blew out um, that oh, Rams yeah. offensive line. I also didn't think that Kyler Murray was going to just panic. I've never seen that kind of panic out of Kyler Murray, but I just can't buy into Matthew Stafford. I can't do it, man. And I, I know that you. defense is good, but you just said it. You need it on both sides, right? And unless that Rams defense just destroys Brady in the offense. You know what I mean, or yep. or the or Rogers in the offense, unless they just destroy them and they're getting pick sixes and and they're setting them up at the forty yard line all the time and they're getting short fields. Unless that happens, then you're not getting that offensive output. And you know what? Shout out to Odell Beckham Jr. who showed that he wasn't the problem in Cleveland either. Good for yeah. you, Odell. Good for Abs- you. Absolutely. And uh, Cooper Cup has just been insane that that catch he had last night in the end zone where matthew stafford basically threw it like above his ankles and he still caught it it was my god so let me ask you a question you're on somebody else's patreon page or patreon channel talking shit about me is that what you're saying i was in discord we were discord i mean sorry discord you're in i wasn't i I wasn't talking shit about you i said you 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 said i was you said i was crazy i was out of my mind yes I didn't say you were out of your mind. I said you were crazy. Well, the word crazy is talking ish about me in somebody else's Discord when we have our own Discord. It's very civil. We have our own Discord. I keep trying to get them to come over to our Discord, man, but Lawrence, you know, interacts with them and has a lot of fun. Are you saying because I'm never in the Discord that that's an issue? Yeah. Do you want me to just invite you to Lawrence's Discord so that you can. No, no, we need people in our Discords. Listen, I will. I look, I have the thing right now where iCloud undownloaded it from my phone. You know what yep. I mean? Because yep. that's how active I am on it. But I will look, I will oh no, it's open. Look, I'm there. Okay, he's there I, now. I'm there he... right now and uh I haven't got now someone hasn't messaged. Hold on. Oh, that was a, a DM that I didn't I didn't uh didn't how do mean. I get into the how do I get into the general chat? General, right? No, fuck off. Okay. So our last we had someone December 31st. Yeah, that's funny. Pat's, Pat's fan came on. Yeah, that was that's Matt. McChicken just said Crazy Ray. He's on there right now. Thank you, McChicken. See, All McChicken right. goes on more than you. You created the thing. See, okay. All right. To everybody out there in podcast, YouTube land, we're working on the Discord. We're going to fix it up. We're going to have parties in there. It's going to be a good time. You can have parties in the Discord? Yeah, dude. Party in the Mike's going to make a schedule for me when I have to be in the Discord, so I will be in there interacting. Um, We're going to be on Twitch, right? We're getting a Twitch page going up. Mike Mike is bringing us to new levels. Um, He's the uh, the, the youngster that understands all this shit, and I'll be in the Discord... um, 
doing discord things and i'll be on the twitch doing twitch things and uh, i'm all ready to twitch and discord all over the place i'm ready to twitch all over that discord man i yeah. think i'm gonna have a good time and the okay, thing look- about the thing about twitch too is you can say all the bad things if you want to and they don't demonetize you so i see all the bad things here i know i, know. I just so don't fucking care all right we got two minutes left and we still got one more uh patreon okay. thing i gotta come here Alex says, if the Patriots fired Josh McDaniels, who would take his place as OC? Do you think Josh McDaniels would find a job somewhere else and at what position? Good question. I'm going to let Mikey answer that last because he hates Josh McDaniels. Um, I, what I'm going to say is, has Josh McDaniels been great? No. Not going to lie. Can't lie. He hasn't been great. However, and there's a big however to this. If Josh McDaniels left the team, I think it would be felt more significantly than people think it would. It would definitely be felt across the organization. Josh McDaniels is still a bright mind, and he's still a better offensive coordinator than a lot of OCs out there. Is he Kellen Moore? No. But he's a lot better than a lot of people think. If Josh McDaniels were to go... I would clamor for Bill O'Brien to come back to be the OC. Mikey, I'll I'll leave it to you for the last word on this. Yeah, I agree with you as far as the Bill O'Brien comment. He's been, I I think Bill O'Brien doesn't get a lot of credit for the time that he was here because it was actually not that that long. Um, But I do agree with you in the sense of this. I don't think Josh McDaniels will get fired. I think there would have to be some some egregious collapse next year for them to fire him. Um, I think Bill trusts him too much to fire him. And that's, that's the thing ultimately is he's one of Bill's lieutenants. He, he endorses Bill and almost everything he does, or if he doesn't, you don't hear about it. So, and that, I think that's what Bill wants the most If is if there's discord amongst them, you don't hear about it. It stays internal and he knows that he can trust Josh. And I think I, I honestly hope that he can have a heart to heart with his son next year and say, either, listen, you need to show me you can do something. I'll give you one more year or you're out just like he would with anyone else, because I don't think nepotism is ever good, even especially in the NFL. And I think he's got to be honest with Josh and say, listen we need something better for a tight end that we're paying 20 some odd million for like you need to do a better job there's no more excuses mikey what's our light count out now our light count is at talking football with ray 34 likes so we only had one in the last 20 minutes yes that's disappointing people don't like me 40 viewers actually but some of these viewers could be from from facebook we do have a facebook like as well Yes. Uh, Mike, great work tonight, man. Thank you, sir. Do you like your new nickname of Producer Mike? I do. I think it's a good name. I think it's a good name. Oh, sorry. Dropped you out too early. No, that's okay. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So uh, you like Producer Mike? I do. Awesome. Keep that going. We'll see you tomorrow, Mikey. All righty, sir. I will see you guys later. Have fun, chat. That's Mikey Ann. Producer Mike. (sighs) 34 likes, two hours, one minute, and 38 seconds of my blood, sweat, and tears, and it's 34 likes. I've heard it's a big deal. I'll be back tomorrow. That's it. Done. Finished. Fuck it.
got to go. I'll be back tomorrow, though. Uh, I'm live Monday through Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern time till 9 p.m. Eastern time. Two hours of unfiltered football talk and shenanigans. And uh want to thank our guests, Jay Spence of Buffalo Rumblings, and, of course, Lawrence Owen of the Colts Law Podcast and the Believe in Colts Podcast. Uh, Talking Football with Ray is a member of the Dean Blundell Podcast Network. Check out our blogs. My NFL blogs are over there, too. Check out our blogs and podcasts over at DeanBlundell.com. Uh, follow me on Twitter at DPN underscore Ray. Follow the uh, business account at Talking with Ray. It's run by me and producer Mike. You never know who's doing it. Mike hasn't done a lot on there, but Mike, Mikey's got shit coming. We're going to Twitch all over the Discord. We're going to Discord all over the Twitch. Uh, we're going to engage more on Twitter. Going to do more polls, ask more questions. We're going to do it. We're, we're bigger things. Uh, we're going to engage with the uh, the YouTube chat more. So, uh, you know, uh, loving it. Loving it. What's going on here over at a Talking Football with Ray. Uh, follow us on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash DPN Sports. Just to warn everybody, when, the, uh, when Twitch comes, we're probably not going to be broadcasting live on the Facebook page anymore. So if you are a Facebook watcher, you got to come on over. And you got to start watching over on YouTube or Twitch. And because uh, we're going to discord all over that Twitch, uh, become a Patreon member, patreon.com slash DPN sports perks of joining the club. It's five bucks a month. No guests tomorrow, seven ten. Patreon members, seven ten to seven thirty. invited to come on, have a chat. I'm sure producer Mike will be here. Well, Mike will definitely be here. Uh, come on in. If they're not here, we'll, we'll, we'll pull questions. We'll have a good time. We'll, we'll talk some football. Uh, you're also guaranteed to hang out every Friday. If you're one of the top, uh, if you're one of the first nine people to show up, hang out every single Friday. Uh, our Friday episode is just the Patreon members. And then as always guaranteed that your questions or comments will be answered on the podcast. We'll go late if we have to, to make sure that you get your comment or question in patreon.com slash dpn sports five bucks a month go check it out here's a little hint for you sign up now you won't have to pay till the first just at the 30th or 31st of this month whatever it is just unsubscribe 31st just 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 unsubscribe before the first and they won't take money from your credit card it's phenomenal uh if you can't catch us live if you don't have time to watch us on the youtube channel or the soon-to-be twitch channel or the facebook page or on twitter or all the other places that we're going to be uh twitching the discord uh make sure that you you can get the audio podcast over at spotify and apple podcast apparently we got some big stuff coming on with the podcast uh shit you wouldn't care about but it's going to help the podcast a lot really really excited about that man all those links uh, are in the descriptions of this video and podcast thank you to my sponsors over at ultra game fully licensed nfl and nba gear don't get the knockoff shit go to ultra game links in the description uh thank you to my my bosses and my sponsors over at Newsbreak. download that Newsbreak app gives me five bucks in my pocket y'all know how it goes uh click the link below uh, and guys, smash that like button, man. I want to see click, 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 smash, 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 like, 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 uh, hit that like button. Tell YouTube, we want this guy. We want people to see this guy. We want to get back up to the way we used to be a thousand, 2000 views a show. We've died. We want to get it back. 
We know Connor's gone, but we want to get it back up. Subscribe to the channel, hit the like button, all that kind of fun stuff. And uh, don't forget this Friday, we got the uh, legit merch line coming out. So you can go check it out there. Thanks to producer Mike for doing all the hard work as he normally does, siphoning through the comments, blocking the people who need to be blocked, all that kind of fun stuff. Uh, having a good time here on Talking Football with Ray. Until tomorrow, kids, guess what? You're all legit, kids. Hi, I'm Mercedes Nickel, four-time Winter Olympian and host of Dropping In, a podcast with Mercedes. This is a podcast where I interview a bunch of different people. I get the good, the bad, and the ugly, as well as I share my stories along the way. Now you can drop in at droppingin.com or subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. I'll see you soon. I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app.